On this episode of Comics and Cinema, your esteemed host has on multiple guests, both his brother and his cousin, to go over the best and worst films of 2019, along with a discussion on the Oscars, which will then wrap up with what is going to be a current discussion breaking down what just happened in the Oscars. So stick around on this fantastic new episode of Comics and Cinema. Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Comics and Cinema. I'm your host Alex Klein and today we have a very special show for all of you. This is a show that uh, many of you have been emailing me and and phone calling me about for a couple years now uh, asking me when are you going to do your top 10, your top films of 2019. Uh, They've been asking that for years. Yeah, I mean as early as 2017 before I even thought about doing a podcast. But uh, I figured, you know, just due to the high demand of this and the fact that today is uh, the blessed Oscar Sunday, uh, that I would get a couple of guests, you know, not not just one, but two. And uh, so today, along with myself, we have a uh, frequent guest, you know, probably call he, I'd say he's a guest. He's been on enough now to, to be welcomed in. He's kind of the Greg Turkington of this show. Uh, my my brother, goes. yep, uh, Stephen Klein. But then we also have a, a rare treat as well, our cousin, Harry Harris Panko. Uh, we probably should clear that up first. Do you want to go by Harry or Harris? Uh, we're going to go by Harry today. That sounds great. We're going to go by Harry today. Honored to be here. Oh, wow. Extremely nervous. Okay. Shaking, yeah. quivering with fear. If you guys could see, Harry is just covered in sweat, completely head to toe. Uh, so Harry is related to Stevie and myself by blood, uh, our mothers, our sisters. So if anyone was curious about that, I know we got a pretty pretty wild fan base. They they do a lot of they, they found a lot about me that I didn't even know. So our, our mothers are sisters, and our sisters are our mothers. Yes, so exactly. Mothers, so uh, it's kind of like the sisters brothers, but it's the sisters mothers. <laughs> sisters brothers kissing cousins. Exactly. We'll yes. So what we're going to do today, we have we have a treat. So here's the agenda. We're going to first talk about the uh, basically our top five worst movies of the year of 2019 movies we saw that we just kind of got sick while we were watching them and then from there we are going to go into our top 10 films of the year along with five honorable mentions and then afterwards we're going to have a discussion on the oscars and kind of what we're hoping for what we can expect all those sorts of things i know i had that oscars uh, special uh, a couple weeks ago, appreciate all of you listening. That was the first podcast that broke a hundred listens, which is crazy because uh, none of them have ever gotten close since. So something happened there. I must have put the right hashtags or something. So I'm gonna have to look and see and make sure that those are there again, so that uh, I can start really skyrocketing because I'm trying to turn this into a career. Viewership is about is primed to pop. It's it is it is, it is primed to pop. So we're bubbling. We're, we're right the we are, and we we are certainly are bubbling. And no better time to, to go over our sponsor hand and bubbly just kidding no so uh okay so we're gonna go do our top five films and and since harry is the newest youngest freshest guest he is gonna start so harry what what is your let's start with the first one what uh some movies you hated this year i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of start off here just by letting everyone know there's gonna be some surprises on this list i've got some movies here that some people are thinking might even be best pictures and oh no (laughs) not for me that's not the case (laughs) Um, I'm going to start off with the worst movie of the year for me, uh, Hustlers, which Ooh. I know it might rankle some feathers here because uh, your, your guy's dear host was a big fan of the film. I did but, enjoy it. Uh, Hustlers, I actually watched it a couple of weeks ago, my wife and I, and 
uh, sick, sick to my stomach. <laughs> what didn't you like about I, uh, it? I, I think the the whole J Lo acting uh, just wasn't a fan. It was just it was a little prequel to our Super Bowl. It's actually funny. I saw it. You know, it is a she couple did a lot of the same moves. I was right. really hoping she would because that was my favorite part of Hustlers. Without question, was Jennifer Lopez. She looks great. She's, I mean, an amazing woman. She looks great. Just. Uh, but her acting, movie, her chops. The movie around that. The movie around the that. dancing. Uh, and taking a whole movie, making it about that dancing. I just couldn't do it. Just Steve, couldn't do it. Stevie, is that movie on your list as well? It's not in my bottom five. It's probably in my bottom ten. Huh. Uh, but yeah, I was not a fan of it either. I've got fish eyes right now. <laughs> I don't get it. Look, when I was in that movie, when Jennifer Lopez first came out on that stage, I turned to my wife and I whispered to her and I said, she's back. And... Uh, <laughs> Where from was, where, where I, who knows it just go? it was a knee-jerk reaction like when you see the grand canyon for the first time and start crying i just there was I, a grand canyon there all right I was, <laughs> yeah i just Let's was like see. i said she's back and i can I was understand really happy everybody being disillusioned by jennifer lopez because <laughs> i got i get it but after that scene i, I came to my senses and realized the rest of the, the pacing was off there was there was no sense of flow it was them just bouncing around I just mm. I wasn't about it. Well, hey, you know what? That that is the the beauty of art. It is subjective. You can hate what you want and be wrong for it. But uh, uh, no, it's funny too. Actually, if you guys remember, that movie came out right around the same time that, or maybe a little bit after Second Act. Yeah. That Jennifer Lopez was in. And what's funny uh, is this movie felt like her second act, and, <laughs> as in she is back. She's back and better than ever. All right, Stevie, what about you? Um, so we're going from the bottom, like worst to the worst first. Hey, you, yeah, if you want, yeah, go for yeah, it. Yeah. So worst movie of the year for me is Old Stuber. Uh, Hop in. Stuber is a movie about an Uber driver who I don't I accidentally picks up a cop who had his some kind eyes, of eye surgery. He had his right? eyes dilated that day, and but apparently instead of calling for backup, he's like, "I'm gonna go on this mission myself. I'm blind. I'm gonna have an Uber driver drive me to crime scenes." Meanwhile, Stu or Stuber is you know really embarrassingly texting this girl that he can't decide it if he was likes. it was painful the humor was just i kind of I mean, enjoyed it, it it was like i was getting smacked across the face <laughs> with a board i know kumail nanjiani is a funny guy and i felt bad that i could tell obviously he didn't have a say in the writing here uh, those are not his jokes and it's not his humor and it's really sad to see somebody who's that funny just and even Dave, into Dave a... Batista can be really funny too, but not there. I don't know. See, I thought it was pretty funny when he had those glasses on and couldn't see anything <laughs> and was just screaming at everybody. That's like that's like a very a, loud actor. That's a bit of a Mr. Yells. Magoo throwback. It was. A bit. <laughs> I'd rather watch a Magoober instead of a Magoober instead of a Mr. Magoober. Uh, okay, my worst movie of the year was Forty Seven Meters Down, Uncaged. Ooh. Uh, I think I briefly talked about this in a podcast, but it was so brief because I watched, I think I probably made it, I made it through like 30 minutes of this movie before I had to just take it. Didn't even finish it. Didn't even finish it. Were you in theater seeing it? No, this was a library, a library buy. It was a library grab. And I was actually really excited to see that movie because I loved 47 Meters Down. It really spooked me. And when they they were announcing this movie, they called it Forty Eight Meters Down, See, and I was yeah, like, I, I was like, that. this is great, this is really interesting to me. And then it's they changed it to Forty Seven <laughs> Meters Down Uncaged, uncaged which is, is ironic because the first movie is also them uncaged, so it was it's the same. But I, I gotta tell you guys, I mean, the CGI alone was just a nightmare. It was like the same shark the entire time, but it was different sharks, but it was the same CGI shark. Oh god! And the the acting was really bad. It was just, it just like I said, I. 
Couldn't even tell you what it was about. I was just glad to take it out. I felt bad for my Xbox because it was in there it reading was it. Firing like the, it off. The scanner was reading it, so now it's you know part of the RAM memory in my Xbox now, which just it sucks. So yeah, no, I did not like that movie at all, and I was really sad about it. But yeah, Harry. Okay, 48, 48 meters down. I like it. They should have just kept going. Um, they really should have. This is one that I think both of you guys liked. We actually saw it together, but Midsummer. Oh, this is on your worst no. Midsummer. Yeah, man. Which is crazy because I was so excited for it. Uh, huge Hereditary fan, super big horror movie fan, and walked in there, highest expectations, highest hopes, and. Well, there's your problem. It yeah. t- took me for a ride. It took me for a ride straight straight to hell, 47 meters down. This I is re- a mutiny. I remember we talked about this. Was the funny, this is the funny thing. There's a difference between me and Harry. So we got out of that film, and I felt the same way. When I went into that film, I was really expecting it to be scary, and it wasn't. It, was, it had some spots that were scary, but I was expecting it to be like Hereditary, and it is not at all like Hereditary. It's a Apparently lot. I was the only idiot who liked it. Well, but so, but that didn't make me not like it. I still thought it was a fantastic movie, but for some reason, Harry seemed to think that made, meant he had a friend, and that like I also well, didn't. I like latched on. The, I latched on. You guys were both very lukewarm. You yeah, like, oh, I, I, I don't it, know about yeah. that one, and I was like, "Are you kidding me? It was really good." It and took me some time and some mulling over, and I was like, "Okay, that movie was actually really, really good." But I get why because the, I had those same really. This high is actually the first time that Alex and I have talked since that movie because I felt like I was stabbed in the back after he came back. It might be the last. It (laughs) might be this. This is the last podcast I'm going to be on. I'm (laughs) signing off. Um, But yeah, that was that was not ideal. Okay. I just I just rewatched Midsummer and I think it bumped up a couple in my rankings. Did it really? It's probably it would be it might be in my honorable mentions. We'll see if we want to talk about it again. I could just do something else, but uh, we'll we'll see. Maybe next maybe next podcast I'll watch it again and change my tune. Yeah, right now I'm sticking to it. Coming on this podcast. Uh, Number two worst movie for me. This is very personal. This is Rocket Man. Oh no! Ooh, I uh, despise musicals. Didn't realize this was going to be a musical. I thought it was going to be another like Bohemian Rhapsody biopic, and then. Everyone in the world started singing, and I think I've just ejected the disc. <laughs> <laughs> I I wholeheartedly agree, and I'm surprised it's not on my top five. I've, I think I forgot about all it. Due I respect, it. All due respect to Taron Edgerton. Um, he did a good job in what I did see, and you know I'm sure as far as acting goes, he put in the work. He sure did. But good Lord, uh, please spare me <laughs> from any all musicals. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the Especially, movie. Especially, by the way, Elton John's still alive. He is still alive. Why are we making a movie about him he's still alive? He also just put out an autobiography, so he probably timed that just right with the film. I, in my opinion, it was a very forgettable movie. It was it was good. It wasn't bad for me, but it, yeah, I like completely forgot I even saw that. Um, okay, mine, if we're going in order, my next one's Earthquake Bird. This was a movie that was... <laughs> wow. That doesn't sound real. No, it doesn't. And so I was it was at the I was traveling for work and I was trying to put some movies on my iPad for travel. And so I was on Netflix and I added The Irishman, I added uh, El Camini and uh so I saw this movie and, and the reason I added it was because it stars uh, Alicia Vikander who I really like and the setting it said was it was a movie in the 90s in Japan. And I was like, "Ooh, I really like Japan." So I was like, "Maybe I'm going to really like this movie." And this was one of the most boring movies I've ever seen in my entire life. It really, it really was incredibly boring, and to the point where, same thing. I I got about an hour into the film, and I was like, 
it, I was like, finally, it's almost over. And I like clicked on the thing, and there was still an hour left. And I was like, this isn't happening. We're done. So Eject. what I did was I was like, am I alone in this? Am I crazy? Because everywhere that I looked, if you go on IMDb or anywhere, it, the uh, the synopsis for the film is two like two sentences. Right. It's the, I mean, the story is she is from America or from, from like Britain or something, and she moves to Japan. She speaks Japanese. And it's like about some murder that she's being investigated on, and you don't know whether or not she actually did the murder. There's flashbacks and stuff, okay. and it it sounded interesting, but like I said, it was just it really was just legitimately boring. It's a really boring movie. Nothing happens. It's really slow. But I was like, I want to know what happens. Like, is she the murderer? And so I kept, I googled for like an hour, looking to find someone who had seen and finished this movie. And so I finally found it was it was a review I think by Peter Travers or someone who also gave it a one star and said this is the most boring movie ever, but they actually <laughs> said what happened, and I was like, oh, okay, D- nothing. Basically, nothing. I don't I think she it. was the murderer or something. It's it's really dumb. Well, and so and I, the title, right? A bird and an earthquake. Well, Just, that's what, yeah. It's flying above the earthquake. Why does it matter? I get, yeah, exactly, and, and truly, the movie did, did not matter to me at all, and I immediately removed it from my iPad, gave me that space back on my iPad. It was great. Uh, but yeah, so not even really a lot to talk about other than that was really... These are the tough movies to talk about because you, you don't even want to say anything right. about you these wanna, movies. I, I want to say the title. I want to be done. And with that, we're going to segue into my next one, Current Current War. Ooh, Director's Cut. Yeah, we went and saw that one together. I saw that one with uh, <laughs> Mr. Alex over here. I did not see it. I, uh, I thought we were going to be treated to a special movie because it was the director's cut. Uh, oh, yeah. That was not the case. <laughs> this is a movie that I was actually extremely excited for. And then it so, fell off the map, if anyone remembers. Yeah, we saw uh-huh. trailers for it maybe last summer. Uh, it was supposed to be out early fall, and then it disappeared. It vanished. And then all of a sudden, it popped back up with director's the three cut. words, the director's cut, following the title. Um, and, it, you know, I, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch back to Earthquake Bird. It was boring. It really was. It had it had like little fleeting moments of like, right. ooh, this is cool, or this, this is camera coming. angle this is was exciting. cool, and then it didn't. Nothing happened. And with such an interesting trio of characters to focus on, and yeah. I mean, an incredible story. It just it totally fell flat. Uh, not excited. Not not going to see it again. Eject. Yeah, I wonder. If Word maybe of the day. It, it should have been that the director got cut. <laughs> my uh, my tip there would be Benedict Cumberbatch proceed with caution. Oh, here <laughs> we go. Here we go. I just I'm thinking back to that movie Brexit on HBO that I just see the title for that makes me <laughs> makes me bald queasy. a bald man. Yeah, oh, I love it. Um, so we're on third worst for me mm-hmm. is uh, Detective Pikachu. Ooh, Ooh yikes! Nice. Uh, I like Pokemon, but don't like this movie. Um, <laughs> Half the Pokemon looked disgusting, I'll be frank. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, I think Jigglypuff, they made, they like textured all the Pokemon really weird. They were very furry. Gengar looked absolutely nightmarish. <laughs> Not in the way that Gengar should look nightmarish. <laughs> and honestly, the story around it was really lame. Uh, the acting was not good from the humans in the movie, and nah, um, the idea of having Deadpool play Pikachu was right. upsetting. I've I don't think Ryan Reynolds is allowed to do any voice work now that he's done Deadpool, which is essentially voice work. Right. Because that's I all you think of. No, yeah, I'm totally... In I Deadpool, mean, you know, he's masked, and it's just his voice doing the witty humor, and the same thing. Why is Pikachu talking like that? Yeah. Hmm. No, I agree. But you didn't think that was cool at the end when it was revealed that that was the kid's father? That's no, why. No, that was, was... seemed like a really lame cop oh, well. I don't think the kid's dad talked like Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> no, but the kid's dad was Ryan Reynolds. That doesn't, no, that doesn't add up for me. Oh, well. I don't know if I made it that far, I'll be honest. Oh, that Stevie definitely another, did I was probably in and far. out at that point doing dishes or who knows what. Uh-huh, praying. 
Uh, mine and these next three, I, I, it's, it doesn't even matter what the order is. These are all really sad movies. So this next one is The Hustle. Not Hustlers, The Hustle. This is with Anne Hathaway and Rebel Wilson. It was a remake of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, which is actually one of uh, – it isn't one of my favorite movies, but I love that movie. I think it's awesome. And so when I had heard that it was based on that, I was really excited and uh, is not a good movie. It was really sad. There were a lot, you could tell they had a lot of scenes where they're like, okay, this was really funny in the first movie. What if we made it not funny in this, <laughs> in this one? What if Did we... you, do you feel hustled coming out of that? Yeah, there's this scene. This, you remember the one with Rupert? Where, so there's this scene in the, in the original movie where Michael Caine and uh, Steve Martin are doing this con where Steve Martin pretends to be this like mentally challenged uh, younger brother of Michael Caine that he keeps in like the basement, and so he wears like an eye patch and his hair is all disheveled and he that. he's got a he's got, it's it's the why is there a cork on the fork and right. he's like <laughs> so he can't hit himself in the head with the fork, uh, and so in this one it's the exact same premise. Rebel Wilson plays the uh, mentally challenged younger sister of Anne Hathaway, but she's like. I mean, that's where it ends. It's like she is pretending to be like a princess, but also like she can't speak and but or speak. It was just, ew, I can't. I mean, I've blocked a lot of that movie out. It just was really sad because I was really looking forward to it. And they're tricking this guy who who they're trying to make look like Mark Zuckerberg. Like it was an actor who sort of looks like Mark Zuckerberg and he's like a tech genius. And it was just the dumbest premise because it's like, okay, if he's a tech genius, he would know that he's being conned. At some point he would know, oh, there's two women are competing over me here in uh, Bosamu, what is it? Beaumont Sumer is where they where they go. And it just, it just was really bad. Uh, so yeah, that one was a, super, a huge bummer. Uh, kind of saw the writing on the wall when I pressed play, but <laughs> figured I'd let it wait a little. <laughs> we'd let it, we'd let it play, yeah. let it rise. Yeah, the hustle, yeah. director's cut. Yeah, right. Um, my last two, uh, we'll go through these with everyone, but again, I'm probably gonna get some flack from oh, the two no. gentlemen sitting oh, next no. to me. Beach bum. Okay. You know, this was this was as Stevie said earlier. This was a quick eject. I think I made it 15 minutes. Is he That's poor? Crazy. Is he rich? Is he a bum? Is he a is he a czar of of Florida? I couldn't figure it out. I didn't know what was going on. I got very confused. Uh, clicked eject. Never finished it. And maybe who knows? Maybe in five years I'll rewatch it. And you're not gonna. I'm it's, never gonna watch that a, movie again. Harmony Corinne is an interesting director. It's the kind of thing where most people. I mean, it's it's kind of structured weird. I don't know. I it could totally a, understand not liking it, but I, I really I, enjoyed I, it. Yeah, I enjoyed this it is. As I well, mean, but... for me, this was a situation where I don't mind being grouped with most people. Right. Keep me out. It, send it me out to was. send and me I, out to see. I only hung on because of Matthew McConaughey. I was like, I, I loved seeing him as the I, kind of stone. To me, guy, the highlights but... were like Zac Efron. You probably didn't make it that far. No, Zac Efron. I didn't even know so he was in the movie. Was, yeah, he was. And I think it was Martin Lawrence as the tour guide on the boat oh yeah that's right yes yeah, and i saw this one right after it came out so it's been quite a while but that actually was where i found that song sundown sundown you better take care oh, that was from I that movie that i was like great soundtrack i was too. like yeah it was an awesome soundtrack but if you didn't like it not, yeah yeah and ain't worth we're trolling for music i can get that from my boys but I, yeah i like beach Bum. stevie uh the next one for me would be the souvenir this is, oh, uh, that was a Netflix movie, right? Or, no, it's no, an it Amazon A24. Prime, A24. Um, Ooh, A24. You just recently watched that yeah, one. Directed by, I think it's Joanna Hogg, some British lady. Uh, the basic premise, I don't care if I spoil this movie. That's <laughs> okay. about this girl who's like, you know, in college, she's a film student. 
and she falls in love with a guy. She starts falling for this guy who's like 40 years old, and he's a complete douchebag. And I'm like, okay, this doesn't make sense. We'll start there. And then, oop, by the way, he's also, it turns out he's a heroin addict. Oh, okay. oh wow. And I, look, I get, I, apparently it's like semi-autobiographical, like that's her life story, and that's, I'm sorry that you went through that, but if right. that ever happened to me, I'd be embarrassed to put that on screen. Right, we're not talking about yeah. it. We're, we're shoving it under right. the bed. I, yeah, I couldn't relate to it at all. I found it to be very dull, and yeah, I just... What was the souvenir? I don't even know. I, oh. I didn't the have the have energy, the didn't have the energy to think about any metaphors involved, but... Hmm. It just, yeah. Wow. That, yeah, and I saw, I remember you were on Xbox at that time. I was like, hey, what are you watching? And you were like, it's the souvenir and it sucks. And I was He's like, very, oh, de- okay. very dejected about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I That's wanted a bummer. to like it, I guess, but. Uh, mine, my next one is The Curse of La Llorona. Ooh. The Curse of La Llorona. Uh, this movie, I, same thing. All of these movies were movies that, this is another one I got from the library. I did not see it in theaters. And I, I didn't plan on it because this was a weird one where it was like, yeah, it's part of the Conjuring universe. Right, that's what I was going to say. But they also sort of distanced themselves from the fact that it was part of the Conjuring universe, which I didn't like. Like, we get there, – there are some movies in the Conjuring universe like the um, the Annabelle movies. The second Annabelle was pretty good. But, like, the, the, the most recent Annabelle and those, they're not great. But they're all still, like, they're decent horror movies. And so it's like, don't be afraid to still say it's part of the Conjuring universe. It's cool that there's so <laughs> many connecting. Um, and so this <laughs> one, same thing. Like, it wasn't it wasn't a terrible movie by any means. It was just the most basic horror plot you could ever imagine. It's It literally was just like, oh, you know, it worked with Annabelle. Let's do it with this. What if we have a, an evil woman who, um, what is it, like, she preys on children. And what's her name? The lady from... Um, Avengers Ultron and, and uh, Freaks, and, Freaks Geeks. and Geeks. Linda Cardellini, I think. Linda mm-hmm. Cardellini, yes. Um, so she's like a, a foster care person, and she goes to this house, and this lady's in there, and she's like lost her mind apparently. And we all know she hasn't lost her mind. She's just kind of going crazy because of the yeah, – She's La Llorona. And so she like goes into the house, and her kids – she has her kids in a closet, locked in the closet with a bunch of symbols on the door. And we, being a very astute horror people, are like – She's and she's saying like, don't open it, like don't let her in. And the kids are just sitting in there, like not saying a word. So and like so, a, don't say it, don't think it. Exactly. Kind of, and so man. we as bye the bye and that's where the movie was just so frustrating. Is like we're all going like, cool, sounds good, good to me. Not don't good, not good for Linda Cardellini. She's like, what's going on in there? What? Why are your kids in a closet? And it's like, oh. do you not see the symbols on the walls? Like they're trying to protect them from La Llorona. So of course she opens the closet door and you know releases the demon, all that sort of stuff. Um, and then it, it goes on in predictable fashion where just like in the trailers, you know, there's that scene where the little girl's taking the bath and La Llorona's there and they're, you know, oh, blah, 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 blah. And then by the end, there's <laughs> a, <laughs> and it, just like every other one of them, like there's a priest that shows up and does an exorcism at so the painfully end. painfully predictable. Painfully, painfully predictable. predictable. Yeah, it was a huge bummer. But again, it wasn't bad. It just was like, okay, I didn't. We've like, been here. We've, we've been all seen here. this before. We've seen it already. Exactly. Harry, what's your last one? Okay, this is the one that I'm probably going to get shot in front of the critics okay, for. Let's uh, go. I know. I'm loading my gun. I've been, uh, I'm been dropping them hot and fast already for everyone. The 1917. No, the Irishman. <laughs> Ooh, the yeah, Irishman. You know that's okay. okay. I'm. That's fine. I'm and fine you know what? I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say most or put it. Put this up to the biggest fact that the hype behind this movie was insane and. Mm. I think it's a mix of like the whole Netflix deal, right? Where this is kind of this incredible Scorsese movie that's coming to Netflix first and, you know, it's skipping theaters or it's only going to be there for a week. And just 
what it was three four months of this movie and then you find out it's three and a half hours three, long hours of this movie. <laughs> and people are people are on you know social media they're going insane about it what how's this going to be three and a half hours you got all these crazy actors but at the end of the day i don't know i didn't i wasn't that excited when i was watching it uh i think i was kind of hyped up by everything and it's it's just kind of a it's a mob gangster whatever movie and yeah the the anti-aging software they were using wasn't the best. Like I, I wasn't that impressed, and it looked like they got him from maybe seventy to forty. Right. They took De Niro. I mean, it looks like you put a, a face of makeup on De Niro. He was still very old. You right. could tell he was very old. They missed a couple wrinkles, but I don't know. I don't. I, I'm surprised that it's nominated for best picture, uh, and I think it's just because of that hype. Still, no. It's the Scorsese and actors and everything there. Yeah. So. I had, and I had talked to you guys about this before the podcast, but I, I just recently learned. And if you guys haven't seen it, there's a video on Wisecrack on YouTube that goes over sort of like the history of the Oscars and why they're so dumb. And um, part of it was like that whole piece of it where, you know, there's certain movies that get in only because they're campaigning for this movie or there's a certain it factor in it, in this case being Martin Scorsese is making a movie again sort of thing. Well, I think there's a lot of – I mean there's merit to it in being like this, you know – Martin Scorsese, sort of around the bend, old guy, right. taking the approach to the mob. So we have that kind of human element at the end, which I think helps it a lot. Mm-hmm. But I, I understand not liking it. I, as far as Scorsese movies go, I think this is lower on the list right, for me for compared sure. to. I some still of enjoyed others. it, but I don't think it should win Best Picture. I hope but I do think, I mean, I think the noms overall are deserved, especially right. for the acting. And not, I mean, it's De Niro not, didn't even get nominated. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't impressed with him acting. I think Pacino. Pesci, you were a big, big Pesci. What about Anna Paquin? Didn't do much, but oh, okay. uh, very, very, told a lot. Was a very muted character. She was, yeah. But yeah, I, th- I think you know, at the end of the day, it's probably not really in my worst top five. But I just want to throw it out there because hey, you got to do it. All the hype, best right. picture, all that stuff to me is way overblown. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. It was. Yeah. I totally agree. So my number five spot here. Uh, I mean, this is again. this is like middle of the road movies. So there's a lot I could have picked. I was initially going to do Goldfinch just because I saw Ooh, that. I and it was that. the most nothing movie I've ever seen. Right. Was that on Amazon you saw it? No, I got that from the library. Oh. But I'm going to go with Polar because we just talked about this. Mm. <laughs> Polar Don't is you like, mean Arctic? Yeah, right. Polar is the second of two Mads Mikkelsen um, Arctic-themed titled singular word movies. On Netflix. Are they both Netflix? They're both Netflix. And for the okay. viewers, I actually learned about Polar right as we were plugging in the mic for this So podcast, Arctic so. supposedly is good as like a survival yeah. movie. Polar is this bizarre sort of hitman kind of movie like a john wick knockoff oh man um, i mean it's it's goofy and kind of fun in a sense but they did this thing in the movie that really rubbed me the wrong way where there was like a cool kill scene and then a netflix button popped up that said you want to watch that again and i was oh, like man. no i actually don't want to watch this ever again <laughs> um, i'm i take a lot of issue with the way netflix tries to toys with toy with the form I get really mad when I watch movies on Netflix and I'm like enjoying the credit music and then they like Pop skip to the menu or go to another thing. It really, yeah. really irks me. So that's I'm throwing this in there for that reason. No, that's fine. Um, mine is Miss Bala. This is with uh, is it America, not America Ferreira. It's uh, Gina. It's kind Gina of Rodriguez. First, it was Gina one of the Rodriguez. early movies for her, right? Uh, no, no, she's been doing some stuff and she's she's been in uh, was it Superstore? No, that's America Ferreira. Uh, Gina was in <laughs> Oh Fast and Furious, right? No, that's Gina. No, that's the <laughs> that's other. Michelle that's Michelle Rodriguez. Uh, no, Gina Rodriguez is in. Uh, is it no, her sister? It's that she's in. The, it's a soap opera show. 
It's a, it's a comedy that pretends to be a soap opera. Is that Jane the Virgin? Jane the Virgin, yes. Oh, okay. And she's awesome in Jane the Virgin. And um, and I like her well, a lot. she's in Annihilation. And she's in Annihilation. Yes, I thank you. Remember. Yes, that's the one. Uh, and I like her. I think yep. she's a great actress. So I, I was like, okay, I'm check this out. I have the AMC Stubbs Pass. Like, it's free for me. And so I, I went and saw it in Dolby. Um, wow, and bold. I, bold, super bold. Went right after work, drove there. It was like a 5 o'clock showing. And I'm sitting there watching this movie, and it is just not it's it's just it's the same as la llorona where it was like the most basic the same one two three act structure where there's a betrayal in the third act and all this stuff to the point where i actually got up and left um probably it was a walkout halfway through the film well and and this is i wanted to test something and that was the whole point is i that was right around the same time that dragon balls uh dragon ball super broly was out in theaters and i had seen it in theaters already twice and I was like, and I loved that movie. And um, I was, so I was about halfway through Miss Bala, and I was like, I can't, like, I need a break. And so I just, I got up and walked out. And a couple of theaters down, Broly was playing. And I was like, ooh, let, I was like, let's see if I can do something. I, I was like, I want to test and see if I go sit in Broly and then go back into Miss Bala. Will I be confused by where I am in the movie, or will it be so predictable that I just walk in and go, wow, oh, okay, total cool. experiment. Exactly. Is- and so it was the best thing ever because when I went into Broly, it was right at the start of the final fight in the Broly movie, which is the best part. So I actually got to watch, I watched the entire Broly fight, which was just amazing again. And then I got up, walked back in, and I probably had like 20, 30 minutes left to Miss Bala. And yep, it was like, okay, yep, yep. No, no surprise. I was like, okay, everyone's you know right where they should wow. be. Awesome. So it was just a really, really bland movie. And I felt bad because you could tell Gina was really trying. She was, she, you know, she, she just didn't have a lot to work with. And the movie itself was just really, it was a bore. And it's all about she's, uh, she's going on like a vacation with her friend in Mexico. Her friend gets kidnapped by the Mexican mafia or whatever. And that's the they, plot to the movie Snatched, also. Yeah, and so it's like they, yes, they they capture them both, but then they tell Gina, they're like, "Hey, we're gonna basically recruit you." They're like, "You are gonna do our work for us, so people don't know it's us, like, because you're just a tourist." So ah, she like okay. they force her to like go drop bombs in cars and stuff, and she's like losing her mind. But then, of course, the CIA finds her, and they're like, "We want you to be a double agent." And it's oh like, and so like yeah. I said, you're like, High okay, rolling. well, this is gonna blow up in the third act. That's yeah. and yep, of course, you know, it all happened exactly as it should. So. Uh, so yeah, it was a, it was a really bland movie and I felt bad, but I, it was nice and Dolby. It looked yeah. good, but uh, it just was boring. So that's uh, the, uh, thankfully I'm glad I'm really glad actually we did that first because um, now it's time to get re-energized and re-pumped up. Now we are going to be talking about our favorite films of 2019. I've been looking forward to this for about a year, and um, nothing. Okay, and all well, year. Just a bit. Just, just about. Uh, so what we'll do first, we'll do our five honorable mentions, and um, can I count backwards up to one? And then we'll count backwards up to one exactly. So and just so you guys know, again, this is kind of how we we were told each other to, to do this. Five honorable mentions don't necessarily have to be like the next five movies after your top 10 there could be something in the film that you were watching that you were like wow this is like something i've never seen before or wow i really like this movie despite it being bad totally fine and then same with the top 10 these are essentially your favorite movies of the year so whether you thought like yeah i get it like the irishman was the best movie of the year but it's not on my top 10 that's totally fine so it's whatever whatever you want it to be um so we'll, we'll start with our honorable mentions harry and we will start with you uh marriage story nice okay. that, yeah uh, oh and the other thing too before i get started is what we're gonna do is uh, so like harry will go then stevie and then me 
if one of the movies we say is also on our list, we will all just talk about that at one time, kind of like we did in the top films of the decade. So, Harry, Marriage Story. And I, yeah, I was a big fan of this movie. I actually have a funny marriage story to go along with this movie. Um, (laughs) This is a familiar, familiar tale for some of you, but, uh, my wife loves watching, you know, the Moana. She's a big Disney fan, and she was she was begging me to watch a great Disney movie. She was feeling lighthearted and wanted something sweet. I I shut it down. I said, "No, we're gonna watch Marriage Story." Uh, put Marriage Story on, and I promptly fell asleep uh, almost <laughs> immediately. Um, she went ahead and finished the movie. I don't she I don't know if I'm necessarily like crying, right? yeah I don't know if I'm gonna necessarily <laughs> spoil it for anyone, but it's a movie you know about a painful divorce and uh, she watched the whole thing just sobbing uh, while I, yeah. I slept peacefully through a movie <laughs> that uh, was originally my choice, but I actually went back this morning and finished it. Oh um, wow! But yeah, great movie, big yeah. fan. That's actually so, and I I uh, it's that's mine as well at the same spot as yours. Is awesome Marriage story. Marriage I, story is my number six of the year. Ooh, and I could see that Adam Driver was fantastic. He I was so it. good. I think one of the things that I loved about it so much was being a lawyer and seeing the way all these different divorce lawyers were. Yeah. Presented. Oh my god, that was yeah. so funny. Yeah. Um, and like I I don't understand the hype for Laura Dern in this role. I mean she's it's a Me good neither. it's a good job acting but as soon as i saw her i was like okay she's like one of the slimiest of all the lawyers because i know yeah. exactly that type of person right who, like, pretends to be super nice but mm-hmm. and then of course ray liotta is hilarious ray liotta was Alan great Alda. wait um, you uh, well and he's, he's totally like, transparent you, uh, about what type right. of lawyer he is yeah wait she's got her and she brought him out here your son's here right now right, right now where'd you sign the papers where that was that here too also, this <laughs> is <laughs> not good <laughs> what i know when i knew when i saw the movie is the, the whole bit about the knife trick was oh. honestly probably the hardest I laughed at any movie this year. Yeah. That was Where very he's, funny. He's like, Dad, can you do the knife trick in front <laughs> no. of the social worker? And she's no. like, he's like, no, that's not a dinner. That's, that's not, not any time. And, and then immediately time. cuts himself. And then he himself. ends up doing it and cuts his I'm arm I'm fine. Open. I'm fine. No, it was a good, and it was just a, a good look at, man, I was stressed. Like when it they're was. going through and they're fighting. Yeah. I had seen so many memes of that fight scene where they're oh, just screaming at each other, and it was kind of cool to see the scene after the fact. But mm-hmm. don't let like, the unnecessary memes put you off because it is a great movie. Yeah, it's, it it's, even it's, if Netflix uh, tries to do their weird marketing. Do you think that? Yeah, I I do watch it again. Yeah. Watch this fight again. I just yeah, I think all the strange memes that pop up for movies like this, I think it's driven by a sort of viral marketing campaigns where. You know, they kind of encourage people to make memes out of certain right. things in the movie to drive viewers. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, it turns off a lot of people who are like, stop making this weird meme about Adam Driver punching yeah. the wall. <laughs> I bet but he like, hates it's a great it. movie. Probably hates no, it. It's a great it was, movie. Yeah. And, and just the point of view of just this, he's trying to get his job done in New York and he has to keep going back and he's not finding we're, those we're connections with his, with his son, right? We're a New York family. Oh. But yeah, that's that's mine. Okay, Stevie. So uh, let's see, my number five, I guess, for honorable mention, I'm gonna do Lucy in the Sky. Ooh, okay. that's a uh, Natalie Portman movie that was not well received by any critics or anything. Uh, it's about, it's sort of based on this astronaut who got into this whole love triangle thing, and you know, ends up driving across right. the country trying to kill somebody. Uh, but I thought it was really, really good. And it's, you know, it's sort of about her spiral into madness and, you know, this idea of once you come back from space, it's like the world seems so small and nothing really matters. Yeah. That's, and, that's know, a terrifying someone, concept. She's like a very type A person that, you know, kind of loses control of her life. And there's, you know, it also stars, you know, John Hamm and Zissy Bates. And, uh, yeah, I, 
I thought it was really cool. I think the biggest issue that people had with it was some of the directing, and there was like aspect ratio changes that okay. seemed a bit aggressive. But I thought it, I thought it worked. It worked right. Hmm. I feel like it's not a big enough gripe to hate the movie. There were a couple parts that I was like, the tone's kind of off here, but I thought it was Overall, really good. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like I said, my my number my number five of the honorable mentions was Marriage Story. So I'll just briefly pick a different one, which I'm I've yeah, just got, go I'm going next. through my list, and there's so many. So many movies on here I wanted to, to like talk about or nominate, and thankfully it's all things I've been able to talk about, but I'm just going to throw it in there as my, my number five is Honey Boy, uh, and only only because I love Shia LaBeouf so much. This has been the year of Shia for me personally, along with uh, Shia himself. I, I rewatched along with, I think Stevie did too, and so did my other brother Joey. We all rewatched all of even Stevens on, on Disney+, Plus, yeah. along with Honey Boy and Peanut Butter Falcon, which Big I would, I would throw it on there too. He's just, along with getting to see his Hot Ones um, interview, and then the uh, actor-on-actor interview with him and Kristen Stewart, and then the actor roundtable as well. And these are you can find on YouTube. I think it's all through either Variety or Hollywood Reporter. But um, he's just Shia is just such an amazing person, and I'm I'm really grateful that I stuck with him throughout his you know through thick and thin with him in sickness and in health um, <laughs> through the crazier through times. the yeah because he's just I don't know he's just a, a brilliant guy and I'm really grateful well, he, that he, yeah he really is one of the best actors of our generation he really is and I I loved I, I loved when they were doing that actor roundtable they. They kind of had the little thing under each of them of like, you know, what they'd done. Like, oh, Robert De Niro was like, you know, Raging Bull. But then for Shia's, it said a child star who rose to fame from the Disney Channel. And I just thought that it was really cool in a sense, the way that I saw Because I was like, you don't see that very often of like a child star. Obviously, you see them break down a lot and Shia did. But right. um to like see him kind of use that terror and turmoil and trauma that he had and turn it into a movie. And then when he talked about it in that round table, he's like, they were like, was that the guy was like, is that, was that like a dream for you? And he's like, no, no, it was a nightmare. He's like, it was, it was terrible. Like having to, he was like, I was literally in a corner. Like I had to do that. My, the therapist basically forced him to like write the script, Um, but it was awesome. So I, so congrats to him. Uh, yeah, and then I guess we'll just we'll do we'll do loop around. So then my number my number four is Alita: Battle Angel. Ooh, great movie! Awesome yeah. movie. And and at this point, by the way, these are all for me. These are all nines. So all these movies are nines, and I have a couple of tens up towards the top. But so Alita is just phenomenal. I we went and saw that movie in. Uh, did you see it in Dolby or IMAX? Do you remember? I don't I don't remember, but it was just so good. I it's very rare that you get a good anime that's live action. And this was so one not of an the, anime. right, right. And I guess you could argue bits of it were animated with her being kind of like a robot cyborg. But Alita is just was so good. Was this, this an original screenplay? Or was this no, based it's, off yeah, okay. it's, yeah, it's based, based, based on okay. it's based on an anime. Okay. But um, so I mean, the the short of it is she wakes up, she has no memory, it's in the future, and um, she there's this doctor who saves her and gives her this robot body that was like the body of her his daughter, but her his daughter died. And so throughout it, we find out that she used to be actually a soldier, and she gets an upgrade to her armor that is like this insane Mars tech, and she just becomes this amazing, literally, crazy literally a battle angel. Yeah, and crazy so, fight scenes. Yeah, and what was cool about it, and I think what I enjoyed about it the most was that um, 
And that was Michelle Rodriguez, right? Or no, 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 Rosa no. Salazar. It was Rosa Salazar. And she just did such a good job of portraying her as being this wide-eyed know-nothing because she lost all of her memory. But then the those minute... Those big eyes, man. Those big eyes. Were, and it's sort of like the movie Big Eyes. <laughs> yeah, right. But then the minute her fight instincts kicked in, it was like oh. a completely different story. And it was, you know, she's just beating the absolute crap out of everybody. So it was awesome. Cool I thought it was great. She's just so positive and loving. And right. Oh, and she's still killing. She's a positive and loving murder bot. Yeah, she's right. it was awesome. So that, yeah. and that's one too. They kind of set it up at the end for like a sequel. And they I'm, really I'm did. Really right? They were they were talking for, about it as yeah, well. But that'd be no one, big I'm, question mark there. Nothing really nothing on it yet. Though no no word for it yet. All right, Stevie. Um, let's see. I think I was gonna do Honey Boy. Next one I'll do though is uh, the Art of Self Defense. Ooh, Ooh great movie. Uh, this is Jesse Eisenberg. You know, classic Jesse Eisenberg story where he's like kind of a uh, wimpy little wimpy guy. Twerp. Signs up for a karate class and turns his life around in really bizarre ways. It's it's very very dark comedy. Uh, Weird power struggle there. Yeah, with the, the but honestly, the dojo super sensei. super funny and very <laughs> unique. I mean, there's really not any movies like that one. Right. In the year, and I yeah I I want to watch it again. I haven't seen it since we saw it in theaters, but I enjoyed enjoyed it wholeheartedly. That's on Hulu, I believe, right? I think it's, it is. Yeah, I think it's on Hulu. Hulu. I think my favorite scene in that movie is, uh, and maybe maybe we should do that too, just like a little, if you've got a favorite scene in whatever movie, but I, in that one, I really like the one where he like, the, the sensei like breaks into his house while he's not home, and doesn't he like take his dog? He kills yeah. the dog. He kills That's his dog. Worst. That's my least favorite scene in the movie. But then, but then he comes back and he's got the, it was like a German Shepherd. He replaces, he replaces it with a German, German Shepherd. The whole scene is absolutely terrible, but I, I saw the like comedy of like, because he, he was like, yeah, you know. The Germans are so masculine. Yeah, he's like, we're gonna get you into German metal music. You're gonna, well, no, I think he was trying to learn like French or something. He's like, no, you're gonna no, learn German. You're gonna learn German. German. You're gonna start listening to metal music. And so like, it's like, oh my god, who broke into his house? But it's like, clearly it was the sensei because he replaced it with a German shepherd. It's like, oh, after they really bizarre, hyper violent movie, but yeah. yeah, really funny. Okay, Eric, um, I would say Knives Out. Ooh, I nice. think it just missed top ten for me, but uh, I mean, great movie, super entertaining. Big fan of, uh, I can't remember his name. Who's the detective? Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig with his Southern draw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, um, donut hole. What was the inside the donut, donut hole? What's inside the donut hole? Uh, detective. It's ooh. something Beaumont, right? Yeah, like Beaumont or something. Just the, all the interview scenes where he's sitting in the background, mm-hmm. right? Just listening. Just listening. And the, who's that guy? I loved it. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, that's my uh, that's my number eleven. That's my number one. Oh, Benoit, Benoit Blanc, Benoit, Benoit Blanc, Detective Blanc, and just a just a great who done it like yeah. Clue movie, right? We all grew up playing those games. So, mm-hmm. Stevie, oh, next for me, or wait, actually, no, no, no. So Harry, you would do your next. Oh, my next, next one. one uh, I would do, and this one probably is in your guys' top ten, but Lighthouse. Ooh, huge nice. fan of that one okay. we actually all saw that together too yeah the black and white well, the sea shanties the soliloquies whatever how do you soliloquies i don't know monologue monologues yeah. that uh he gives us just crazy awesome movie hark 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 ye yeah stevie that's well that i mean we're that one's we'll get to it later but that's on my number i think it's number nine for me is yeah lighthouse I'd imagine it's in your top ten, Alex. Oh yes, it's my number three. Wow. Ooh, okay. Uh, next one for me, I will say, uh, Velvet Buzzsaw. Ooh. This is a Netflix original movie, uh, starring Jake Gyllenhaal. Great Gyllenhaal. And Tony Collette. It's a movie mm-hmm. about the art world where 
you know, this old man dies and they find a bunch of really crazy good art in his apartment and decide to start selling it and profiting from his stuff. And, um, of course, that doesn't go well for people. The art starts killing people. Very ominous. It's, a, it's a, a cool foreboding throwback to like old style horror stuff. Like I was talking about Night Gallery. Obviously, the connections there with paintings, but uh, it's just it's a cool little you know out of nowhere horror movie. That's like I don't know. It's it's super enjoyable. Right. And the, you know all the different creative deaths for all these people was really cool. Mm-hmm. And that's another one too. Movie. No hype. It just kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. And, and well, it's directed. Really the, the only reason I was interested really was because it's directed by Dan Gilroy, who did uh, Nightcrawler. Yeah. The other Jake Gyllenhaal. Right. And Renee, Ru- Renee really Russo is in this one too, isn't she? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or it could be Michelle Pfeiffer. I can't Renee Russo. It is Renee. She Russo. had a great year. I'm talking about Avengers Endgame. Uh, <laughs> okay. Was she so, in that? Uh, yeah, yeah. She was Thor's mom. Oh. Uh, okay, that was your, what was that, your number? That would be my third honorable mention, okay, so cool, I think cool, you have cool, two cool. more. Yep, so my third honorable mention is Us by Jordan Peele. Ooh. Uh, this movie, and this is, I mean, this is just a testament at this point to the great films that were out this year. This movie, when it came out at that time, was one of my top films of the year right when it came out. I was like, this movie was awesome. And, and obviously more movies have come out since, and that's why it's a little further back. But this movie, was, I just went out, we saw that in theaters. I was oh. just... My mind was blown, and I, I was like, God, that was where I was like, I love Jordan Peele. Like, I loved Get Out. I thought Get Out was phenomenal, but then when I saw this, I was like, okay, he can pull it off. Like, you know, sometimes they, they make, you make one good movie, and, right, then, and, and, and then they're all bad. It. Yep. And then this one, to me, was like the message that he's he, he has something there. He's got a skill, and it's this very awesome uh, Night Gallery, Twilight Zone type storytelling of of horror that has so much behind the scenes going for it, usually dealing with race, which I'm, I always enjoy seeing. It's a higher level of craft. It really than is. most horror movies too, which right. is nice. Yeah. Cause it's got, you know, he makes it about something. And so he's a, he's a movie buff. Yeah. And so us was just, it was great. And that was the movie. And I'm sure most of you have seen a lot of these, but that's the one where uh, one day everyone, basically there's an underground world of people who are identical to us they are us, and they one day decide to revolt in a sense, and they all go up uh, onto the surface and start killing their uh, their doubles. And uh, it, it's just there's so much more to it than that, but it, it was awesome. I really enjoyed it, and so I saw saw that in theaters twice, and then I just recently watched it again on 4K when I, I had gotten the 4K steelbook, and it, it held up. It was awesome. It was so That's great. one I definitely need to watch again too because I remember being blown away, and it's actually my number ten. And I'll be honest, my, my favorite my list. favorite part or thing in this movie is Tim Heidecker. I was really I was about to when say. when it was announced that he was in the movie. I was like, this movie is just going to be so good. And obviously, everyone does a great job. Lupita Nyong'o was phenomenal. As she was been nominated. she really should have been yeah. nominated. And uh, um, who's uh, um, uh, Tim Heidecker? Uh, uh, oh, Elizabeth Moss. Elizabeth Moss. She did a great job as well. As did obviously. The dad, is I it, love the uh, dad. Winston his, Duke. Yeah. Winston Duke yeah. was. I mean, they all. They, literally, everyone did. Jordan yeah. Peele has. It seems like at this point that Jordan Peele has the ability to pull out really good performances from the people that he's working with. Yeah. But um, but yeah. Crazy twists too. Mm-hmm. Just the story. Just yeah. I mean, it keeps you keeps you there. Yeah. So yeah, top ten for me. Okay. And then so Chris is third. Okay, so my second honorable mention or second to the top honorable mention is. 1917. Wow. Yeah. Not top 10. Not top 10. Very it's close. And I'll, I'll tell you why it's not top 10. It is, only, it is strictly because 
the movies in the top ten are better. There's Obviously, too many good movies this year. <laughs> there's a lot of good movies, but also there were some scenes in it, and I told you guys this, where I just like my eyes couldn't handle it. Where the oh, cam- fingernails? No, or? no, where the camera would pan at such a speed that my eyes couldn't focus on it, and so like it's actually hurt my head a couple times when I was watching it. I think it's because we were a little too close to the screen too. Well, I want to step in and let all of Alex's viewers know that this podcast is just going to get worse as the years go on. I know. He's obviously getting old. I know. I, I heard a- the same complaint from my parents who are in their fifties that they yeah. couldn't they couldn't track it, they couldn't follow. That well, it was only headaches. a couple scenes. There's only a few of them, and it was right, it was usually when they were 20s. It's when they were looking worse, in though. the dirt. Yeah, I mean, I'm Benjamin Button. I'm I'm going downhill real fast. <laughs> You're about as around the bend as old Scorsese. <laughs> yeah, I'm right there with Scorsese. But um, no, this definitely felt like a theme park ride. It was a blast. It was really fun. Uh, and really intense. It was incredibly intense. And the, the, I'm a huge fan of those technical marvels of the fact that it was all one take. The whole movie, I was always... Looking, I just kept I, going, I, wow. I was grabbing Alex's arm. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I kept going like, Have they ooh. cut? Have I they ca- cut? I kept going, ooh, that's where they cut. Ooh, that's where they cut. Nice. Ooh, and I didn't even get cut. that. I watched the whole movie. I couldn't find one. So that I was, knew just the one when he blacks out. Right. I mean, yeah, anytime it went dark, it was the easiest time to do it. But yeah, no, so that was great. That's literally the only reason. It was phenomenal. Otherwise, it was just so... I'm glad we got to see it. And it, stepping in, that's my number two. For ooh, the year. okay. Wow. I was a huge it's, fan. There's there's few movies where I walk out, and we all saw this together, obviously, but where I walk out and I'm just like, you yeah, were, wow. Was, you were absolutely... I, I actually kind of joined the draft after that movie. Uh, <laughs> they said you're I'm too gonna old. I'm going to go to Iran. They said I'm too old. They said I'm too weak. But uh, huge fan of it. The cinematography. I was... I mean, the, that first trench scene, I was I grabbed Alex's arm. I was sitting next to him, and I go, have they cut yet? Like, I'm freaking out. I can't find it. Yeah. Because you didn't know going into it that it was going to No, and I didn't. Did. And I think that, I mean, that probably helped it a little bit, but just so many scenes where they, you know, where they're going up over that giant hole in the ground, and then the camera, like, follows them. It's at water level, and it's yeah. walking yeah. and watch. Then when like with the cherry blossoms coming down into the, into the little house, and you know something's coming, and there's, mm-hmm. you know... What's going to happen? And then my favorite scene in that entire movie, just talking about scenes, is Gotta where he wakes up. Night scene, right? Yep, yeah. where he wakes up and the, the, the score hits and the flares are flying into that town. Uh, and Roger music. Deakins doesn't win for best cinematography. Oh, my God. I'm walking away. I'm never watching the Oscars again. You heard it here. Yeah. No, you're not wrong. I think uh, that may have been my favorite scene. If not, I liked I liked the fact that the first and last scene was him sitting down yes. by the tree. Yeah. I thought that was so cool. And, and and even when he tells him, like, when he's like, okay, you know, here's your mission, I'm thinking to myself, like, because he was like, something like, what was it, like, it's eight miles? Or it was something where he was like, if you can leave now, you'll get there by morning or something. And I'm like, how long is this movie? I was like, this right. movie's only an hour and 50 minutes. Like, there's, I, I, that was my first thought was like, there's got to be a cut. Right. There's got to be a time cut. There's no way we're going to follow them. For, the whole time for eight miles, and that's or whatever what it is, and they're yeah, and they really do. But I mean, they get away with a couple things, like when he passes out, you know, in the river. Oh yeah, and, and he's driving, going down river. That obviously saved him time, right? But um, but yeah, that that well, and just really wakes I up. mean, just the history aspect of it, and how it's just these two boys that are just napping, and then yeah. next thing you know, it's they're on this crazy mission, and you got to think how much in all the crazy historical wars we've had, World War One, World War Two, whatever, how much that happened. Oh, probably a lot. And that's right? the funny thing is because that, that's literally – you could probably have that story for anybody because right. when you do it with the one take, you're literally just following a person in the war. And, and that sort of thing probably happened to a lot of people. As I'm thinking of it now, my favorite scene actually was when he's by himself after and, – and I won't, I won't say more than that because I won't spoil anything. But uh, when, when all the army trucks show up oh, and uh, yeah. Stanley Tucci comes out and I'm like – 
Like, here we go, just another bump in the road. And he's like, I've got orders. And the guy's like, all right, get in, let's go. And he's like, we're going. And I was like, that is awesome. Like, this commanding officer, this lowly guy, he's like, hey, you've got orders, we got to take you there. And I just was like... The, the, the sense of camaraderie, the sense of camaraderie and, and brotherhood of like, okay, this guy's got orders coming from on high. And then even at the end when he shows up and he's trying to get everyone to stop, yeah, they all like were like, this guy's an idiot. But every single one of them was like, no, yeah, the captain's over there. Like, keep going. And like, yep. everyone was like, yep, he's got the orders. Just send him over. So I kept going like, oh, it's going to work. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. Yeah. It was it just was the awesome. build up. Yeah. Crazy. Great. Yeah, it didn't quite make my top ten. I think it's like twelve for me. Really, but so I I think it's gonna. Mentions. I think it might win best picture. I yeah. First. I uh, think, yeah, uh, yeah. And I would not be upset. No, no, no sir, not at all. Uh, so second honorable mention for me, I was gonna do Midsummer. We kind of already talked about that, so I will do instead uh, Apollo Eleven, Ooh, okay. which is a documentary. Ooh, yeah. About the uh, moon landing, and it's. I, I think it's it, pretty much all like uh, unreleased or original footage. So the entire thing, it's not like a documentary in the traditional sense where you have people talking about it, right. reflecting on it. It's literally just, you know, news footage and all this stuff and taken. Pieces, yeah. A lot of it's like, I think, government like archival footage of the stuff. And I mean, it's it's just mind-blowing. I saw it in theaters, which helped. It was in IMAX. Um, just the, it just looked so good. And it was so impressive to see just like the, the scale of the machinery and all this stuff. And they're doing it in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is It's crazy. just mind-blowing. Yeah. Um, and this this is coming after having seen First Man last year. And it just kind of reinforces this whole thing that, like, I mean, what they did, especially at that time, was right. unbelievable. And 50 yeah, years ago. I'm, I'm shocked that it wasn't nominated for the best documentary feature this year. Because it definitely, it would, I think it should win. I mean, it's the only documentary on my like uh, top twenty-five, but yeah, I loved it. Speaking of documentaries, I actually have one that's on the best uh, feature list, but American Factory. You oh, saw okay. it? I did see it. It's Where? on Netflix. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Oh um, man, I wish I'd. Have really good, it. really good movie. It's it's essentially about this. It's this American. Uh, it it kind of starts off and sets the stage of of American manufacturing is kind of going right. down, you know, falling apart and there's jobs being lost to machinery and automation and there's a plant in i believe it's ohio that gets bought up by this uh chinese glass making company and they basically come in and they recruit like 80 percent of their workforce are all these uh manufacturer manufacturing people right Mm -hmm. that got laid off like from the american companies leaving so it's this really interesting look at you know this foreign company that's trying to just make it uh make like a, a name here in America and be able to manufacture and, you know, build the business. But then at the same time, they're, you know, trying to revitalize this industry. And it's, it's an interesting mix of like the American workers have a, like a respect for this company because they're coming in and they're giving them jobs. But then you have all the culture clashes of like the Chinese have a totally different way of doing things, yeah. right? Like they, they go to the Chinese factories from for the same company in China and like people get, two days off a month like as far as when they get to go home but then like here in america it's like we work our 40 hours and then we get our weekends and everything else and they're not as efficient like as the chinese companies and they're trying to find ways to like make them more efficient and it's it's really interesting i i urge you know anyone that hasn't seen it it's really accessible because it's on netflix but it's just a it's a really good look at um just how two different cultures get thrown together that's Um, a obama movie too Bamba Bamba. 
That's, oh, yeah. I don't know why, because I, I haven't seen it. I, just, yeah, I think I he's, read something. he's, he's involved. Something yeah. of his, because they started up a, not a film company, but like a production company right. or something. I think that's the first thing that they've put out. <clears> and I actually, I kind of come from a background where I was working for that Spanish company for a while, and it was the same thing. Like, all the head managers were Spaniard guys, and it was always just really interesting, like, how they were, you know, we all work to get stuff done because they do things so differently. Yeah, and oh, for sure. Watching this movie, it was it was exactly that. Is so. that your your top honorable mention? Uh, I I've got one more. I thought I, I don't know if no. I did five or four. No, I think you should have one more. You but yeah, one. that that was my number four, and then number one honorable oh, mention was It Chapter Two. Ooh, Ooh okay. nice. I was a big fan of that movie. I I love the first one. Um, I'm a huge Stephen King guy, so any of the stuff that's you know, related to his stories. I think he's a really good storyteller. This was one I was excited about. I really, Alex was a big fan of the first one with me. Yep. Um, the, the cast on the new one, like all the adults, so good, so, good, so funny. Um, and then just kind of a good close to, obviously it's finishing the story of it. Right. But they did a great job. There's some really scary parts, some really funny parts. It was just an all around great movie. There's something about that film where, and, and I know Steve, Stevie's like on the whole different per spectrum on this one because you hated the first movie. Right. But that first movie, when because we didn't see it together, but we had seen it separately. Lisa and I went and saw that movie. And I remember when we were watching it, we were just like, this is like a good, scary movie. And, yeah. And I mean, despite the whole like, oh, you know. <laughs> first one like, I, I disagree well, with. Well, yeah, and your complaints are like, oh, it's like Stranger Things and all that stuff. And we, we kind of enjoyed that. But I, I don't know what it was. It was like. I had never actually, I've never read it, but I was just like, this is a cool concept of a movie. I was yeah. like, and I, I'd known the lore of it. So I was like, okay, they're actually really embracing it when it was like, he's the giant monster and all that. And so yeah. then it was like, okay, they're making a second one. I was like, oh, awesome. And so I just, I would, that was one of my probably most anticipated movies of this year was like going to see it too, because the after hearing the cast and all that, I was just like, I just was excited to just sit and watch it. And when they were like, yeah, it's two hours, two, like two and a half hours. Yeah, I was like, it was a long awesome. Movie. I was like, that's awesome. And it was one of those where it wasn't, it didn't feel long. No. We saw it together, yeah, right? Yeah, I was yeah. there. I think. Yeah, we saw yeah. it in Dolby. We saw it in Dolby. It was opening night. Great, you know, great score. Great. Just the way it introduces at that the, scene like, so uh, many years later in what the was it, carnival. Uh, the ayahuasca. It was like not ayahuasca, but there was the, the scene Indian that, where he like drinks the stuff and then starts hallucinating. Like yeah. that scene was so good. And then the whole giant fight with it at the very end was awesome too. Right. Like I loved that. I, I liked that until the end of it was just like let's yell at him. Right. Like, it was like yeah, small. let's be let's really demean tiny. him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So obviously you know, that was me and Alex yelling at Stevie. But there, I mean, that particular threw me off. But Bill Hader was yeah. also phenomenal. Bill Hader was, Bill Hader was amazing. The much, banter, much like going into the restaurants and stuff. Mm -hmm. Much was... more enjoyable to get the banter from adults than kids. Agreed. And Agreed. The one scene with the flashback to the kids making the same jokes, I was like, here we go again. <laughs> I would I say the, the kid one. jokes were they were pretty bad yeah. in, the, in the new one. But yeah, okay. that's, on my, that's my last one. All right, uh, my last honorable mention, uh, this would be Terrence Malick's uh, Hidden Life. Nice. Ooh. Which I didn't see with you guys. I yeah. was going to, and I got spooked. That was a big snowy day. I, Shoot, that was I, worse than I actually one. did kind of crash my car. I like, went over a curb on the way home. Uh, but this is Terrence Malick. Of course, I'm a super fan. It's a movie about um, Franz Hofstetter, who's a uh, conscious objector. In World War II, he's living in Austria, and he refuses to take an oath to Hitler. He's like, I don't, Ooh. I don't like Hitler. I'm a religious man. I worship God only, not Hitler. Right. And everyone in the town ostracizes him, and the military hears about it, and they try to, you know, consign him into service. And he's like, I won't do it. I won't fight for Hitler. He's like, wow. He's like, I could even do medic stuff, but I'm not going to swear loyalty to Hitler. 
So, you know, they imprison him and they end up killing him, and that's the story. But it's just a really cool... Is it a foreign, it's a foreign film or no? Uh, a lot well, of it's in English, actually. Really? Yeah, but it's English, English and German. German. Yeah, um, with subtitles. But it's just a cool, you know, sort of philosophical movie where you're just thinking about this the whole time. And, I, you know, I don't want to get too political, but, you know, we're in a time now where, you know, people are so obsessed with politics that they get to that same level of fervor. And there's sort of this idea of being loyal to one right. person, right. even, or one side. It's like... You know, this is a guy who's like, well, why would I do that? You know, I have my personal beliefs. And, I mean, it's a, it's a true story. It's a guy who was willing to die for it. And, you know, it didn't didn't win them the war. didn't win him any glory. He just right. died. For what he believed in. I think yeah. he might have been canonized as a saint or something later. But it's just really cool to think about, you know, what would you have done in that scenario? Because we all like to think we would have done the right thing. But, honestly, we probably wouldn't. No, you'd probably. That takes a lot of resolve. Yeah, the gun. there's a lot of scenes in it, too, like when he's in prison where they're just like, like and it's, you see it in other movies, too, where he's like, literally all you have to do is sign this piece of paper and you go home, like, everything goes back to normal. And, and they, they have this quote at the beginning of the movie. And I don't remember the exact um, quote itself, but it basically is saying, like, you know, there there are those who have these big moments in their life where Let they me see make if I can these find big this. decisions. It's like the but end of the o- it's like but oftentimes we live a very quiet and hidden life of like the deeds that we do go unnoticed. And so right. that's the whole point of this was like and they keep telling them this, like, you're not fighting for anything. Like no one is gonna remember you, no one is gonna know about you. And it's true. I mean, no one knew about him for whatever, 50, 60 years until they did this. But it really was a powerful movie. There's some really great scenes in it, too, where, like, the the leaders, like the priests and the generals, they're they're trying to explain to him why he should be doing what he's doing. And you can just tell that they themselves, too, don't feel it. There's this really good scene, and I'd I'd read it in in an article later on, too, because I'd forgotten about it. But there's a scene where he's like, talking with a priest and maybe you'll remember Yeah, because all the priests have done it too and he's like how could you guys do it like why and he's right, like, and they're right. like well we kind of have to and he's like why you know if i have free will why should i have to do this and so this priest is explaining this to him like that and there's this bit where as he's explaining it to him like he the priest actually ends up looking directly into the camera for like a very brief second like he like looks and looks away and I, they were saying in this article, and I, I agree, I don't know if it was meant to be that way, but it, it's made to look like the guy, like, knows that he's in the wrong. Like, that he, like, look because he, like, looks at the camera like and looks away almost shameful. Yeah. Like, that, like, we're watching you do these things and make these mistakes and, and screw Interesting. up. It, it's just, it's, there's a I lot of right I bet it's intentional. It's Malik. Yeah. yeah it well, was and just, aside it was from really all that, good. cinematography's off the oh, charts. Yeah. And, but yeah. it, and what's funny is it wasn't even Chivo. It was, it's a new guy. No. Some other yeah. guy. Oh, um, someone that he doesn't typically. Yeah. But here's, here's the quote. It's um, George Eliot, I guess. Um, well, actually, it's Marianne Evans who yeah, yeah, used yeah. the name George Eliot. The quote is, The growing good of the world is partly dependent on unhistoric acts and that things are not so ill... And that things are not so ill with you and me as they might have been is half owing to the number who lived faithfully a hidden life and rest in unvisited tombs. Mm-hmm. Wow, that so is basically powerful. those yeah. those you know history built on those that, yeah. you don't hear a lot about. So yeah, that was a really great movie. It was awesome. It's also very long. Those it are, is three hours. Three hour movie. I think yeah. Irishman run too. Without the hype. um, it's funny. I mean, I love Terrence Malick. I think the only person that loves him more than me is Stevie. But there's something about like Irishman. Terrence Malick's movie felt longer than Irishman did, even though Irishman was longer. And I still love those movies, but his films are just so 
they're so ethereal when you're watching them right. that oftentimes it's hard sometimes for me to stay awake in them just because they're it's so like Tarkovsky easy to watch. Where you're not given a plot. You're not given much to follow. I mean, there's a, clearly more happening in this than his other movies, but it's still like so much of the time is, you know, you just get scenery and you get things to just kind of sit and think about. And mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. a huge difference between all the other movies we watch yep. right. where you have, you know, dialogue the whole time. It carries you along. Plot to follow. And like here you're just like absorbing it and it gives you time to think. <laughs> Yeah, and the actors were so good. I mean, specifically the the townspeople, because you hate them. You hate them when you're like, "Why are you being mean to this guy just for like what for he no is reason, he's doing?" Right? But it's funny because that's how people are today too. Uh, and then my so my last one was Knives Out. That's nice, my, my number one. Yeah, so that same same exact issue. Great, who done it? I loved the fact that you find out who did it like right away. Right. and I was like, "Oh wow, where are they going from here?" And and he and there's our knives too. Our knives out too. He's oh, coming. Good. good. Yeah. Good. I think in knives farther out. Knives farther or out. Or something out. Yeah. Uncaged. Knives, <laughs> knives, maybe <laughs> knives in. Knives in. Okay, cool. All right. So we are now getting into our top 10 of the year. I don't think Stevie's seen my list. He's looking a little bit at it I'm right now. I'm taking a glance. I don't think anyone's hit some of them, right? We've already hit some of them. We've hit a couple. We've hit a couple. We've gone over a few. So, okay. So my number 10, Uncut Gems. Okay. That's my number ten. That is uh, the Adam Sandler movie with the is it is it the Sadafi brothers? Is that Safty? Safty. Okay. Um, yeah, we just watched their acceptance speech for the uh, the, Inter- the Spirit Awards and along Adam with Sandler's and Adam Sandler's. Yeah, they were great. Both of which uh, all of Uncut Gems got snubbed at the Oscars, which was a huge bummer. Um, but that movie is just so good. Uh, I went and saw it, and and these are ones where I won't touch on them too much because my reviews are on the podcast for most of these. But I loved Uncut Gems. I thought it was great. It was very tense, very suspenseful, but also really rewarding and gratifying in weird ways, especially like with the end. Yeah, and then the I end, crazy. like I that the end was it was such a relief, but all it's I just couldn't. I couldn't find peace watching that movie, but I was really happy that I couldn't find it. Like I was so happy that I just kept going from the the one the next thing to the next thing. Right, you know, in this day now, it reminds me a lot of when we go to the casino and we're <laughs> we're at the blackjack table wondering if we should bet it all and I just Well, I remember I remember it. reading some article or opinion or whatever somebody saying like, "Oh, there's no recognizable human behavior in uncut gems." And okay. it's like that's insane. That's, I mean, it's all it's such a perfect <laughs> portrait of somebody who's like addicted to gambling and the thrill of just like the next big score yeah yeah and that's a lot of people i mean it's so it adam sandler does a great job all i love all the like non-actors in the movie right who add just like the two twins of, oh my god for, those guys um, with the weird hair not get this guy out of here don't let him in i love <laughs> it I, it's just so bizarre and yeah i mean mixing that with you know people like kevin garnett and the weekend it was really cool oh yeah yeah, yeah that's and right. the score is incredible as well oh crazy Kev, yeah one, is that your top one 10 stone, is that in your top stone, that, yeah that's stone. that's at my number eight yep it okay, was my number nice. seven nice yeah. okay, and i cool. would say the only thing i would i mean it didn't really take away from the movie but i i talked to a lot of people that saw it before i saw it yeah and they kept talking about how stressful it is and i <laughs> so wish i expected i was it's kind of expecting it i yeah. wish i hadn't talked to anyone and i wish i'd just gone in but i was incredibly stressed that oh, entire yeah. movie just because I'm a really type A personality that likes to have things organized and planned, and like <laughs> hundreds of like, how is this? How is Howard living is. like this? Like I, I just, I literally almost had I an aneurysm like watching that movie. The worst was the scene when he's in his office, like juggling the phone calls between people. Oh my god! Just like ha- like talking to his doctor, <laughs> and then like this lady about the jam, and he's like screaming, and then the other dude comes into the office yelling at him about where's my watches, and I'm like, oh my god, like. And this then, the uh, what did you? Okay, what did you think about when he lets Kevin Garnett have the stone, 
in exchange for letting him hold on to his the ring, NBA and immediately ring and immediately the ring. Oh my god! <laughs> and you know, I was like, he's coming no, for the my ring. god, no! And the pawn guy, even the pawn guy, is like, "Are you sure you want to do this?" He's like, "Yeah, it's fine. Like, I got it figured out." Howard. Like, but then, every, but it's funny because you see, in those worlds, like everyone else was screwing him over too, because it was like. If he'd have gotten that big bet that he put at the very beginning of the movie, he would have been able to pay off his debts. Right. Oh, that but was a they, heartbreaker, but, too. They're and like, he's like, we didn't let you bet yeah, that money. Yeah, we didn't let you bet like, that no, money. We're like, no! And then same thing. It was like, if you'd have just let him pay you off, like he would have had the money. It was right, right there. Right. He's like throwing it out the window. Yeah, like, at the end, too, that he buzzes him into the shop instead of out. I was like, why would you just let them go? Like, why right. would you let, let them the back in? Let the guy cool off. Yeah. He's, he's obviously out of his mind. So crazy. crazy. Yeah. Long series okay. of bad decisions. Ugh. Okay. Um, so, yeah, number 10? Uh, yeah, number 10 for me would be Parasite. Ooh. I think it's probably on both your lists. It's on right? my eight. Yes. Yep. Okay. Eight, mine is number six. Parasite, of course. Uh, Again, a movie we point, saw together. Yeah. Yep. Everybody knows about Parasite, uh, which is great because it's a foreign film. Bong Joon Ho. Really great movie about sort of class warfare, and it's a cool Capitalism. kind of thriller. You know, there's some suspense. There's some mystery to it. Um, it's, a, you know, a bit of a heist movie in a sense. Right. Uh, it's really cool the way it just kind of bridges all these different genres, and it has it has such a unique feel to it. Um, I I could see it winning Best Picture, maybe. I don't think it will. I don't think it will. It's going to definitely win Best Foreign Film, though. Oh, Best without a film, doubt. Without yeah. a doubt. And I, I bet it gets – I mean – anyone that's looking at like what got nominated for stuff it got a lot of love right it's it's in so many different categories which i think is really cool but i don't think other than like foreign film i don't think we're going to see a lot of wins my, yeah. I, I in terms of if i'm remembering right on my bets i've got it for best foreign film and then i also have it for best original screenplay right okay but that's it because i don't think i don't think it'd be great it'd be great again the, the nice thing about this year as much as i've talked about the snubs and the stupidity of the oscars We've got a good list of movies yeah. this year. No, so I, I think agree. There's a lot I'm where excited. you know if it doesn't go the way we want it, I think I'm still gonna be still gonna be okay with it. Yeah. Um. I recently rewatched Parasite, and there's the scene in the beginning of the movie, like first ten minutes of the movie, where he's forging the um the document for his right. college As a study. Yeah. And the son Tutor. goes, "I don't think of this as forging because I'm playing. I'm gonna once I get this all done, he's like, I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to this college. And the dad goes, Ah, oh, so you have a plan. And he's like, yes. And I was like, oh, like he talks about that you have a plan in the delay where he's like, you should not have a plan. But I didn't catch that the first time around when he said, I was like, I love the whole symbolism of the rock that they get. Yeah. It's like keeping the family together. And then it's pretty much right after they move the rock that everything goes awry. Mm hmm. Uh, and some things Ooh, that I people, didn't even notice that because it's is like interesting. the You're guy's right. outside like peeing on the house, and that's when he take he picks the rock up. He's gonna go hit him with it or like threaten Attack him with him. it. Yeah, and then it's like from that point, that's when the rain starts, and you know everything just kind of goes falls out of yeah. yeah. So there, and I don't think it got nominated for it, it. It was nominated for production design, but not for cinematography. I guess production design more so. I saw some things in regards to it, but the set stages that they made for this movie like the scenes of the house where they're in the yard and whatnot all that's real in that is like the bottom level of the house everything else is cgi like the sky the top of the house the trees really? everything mm. and then they were saying too as well the like the when the storm hits um that was literally like they like dumped 130,000 gallons of water and and had down them, the like, stairs down the and everything stairs or right. whatever for them to, so like there was a lot that went into making the movie 
Um, what was cool too, and I didn't I didn't catch it either, was like when that storm's coming and the, and the whole class warfare thing. The, like the lady afterwards was like, yeah, you know, like this storm was great. She was like, yeah, when it was over, we're gonna it. have a party. And at the same time, you know, the storm literally just like flooded. Right. It's just such a. Well, it's and, one of those movies you the, see a couple you're times. You're at the house with the family, and it's raining, and he's out in his teepee, right? And then exactly. Like, you switch to the the slums and like everyone's flooding and they're getting and out of their houses water, yeah. it's crazy yeah so um, I, I hope it at least wins something i hope it deserves to be an oscar right. winning movie. well yeah top 10 for all three of us mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and i think the big thing too that i keep hitting on with all these movies is expectations has become such a big thing with me in movies because yeah. like this was one that i literally walked in with zero expectations like hadn't watched any trailers hadn't yeah. even heard about this movie and we walked out and we were all just kind of blown away we were like that that was awesome yeah and i feel like it's 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 sad because I've, there's there's potentially movies that I'm seeing that I'm not liking as much because I'm getting so much ahead of time that you walk in and if mm-hmm. it's not what your expectations are, you're not liking it. Yeah. yeah shout out tip for all those out there. I've I've said it before and I'll, I'll give this as a suggestion to Harry. With good a good tip. I do this every time I go into the movies as the depending on what theater you go to. But when drink acid. When yeah, that's one. Whenever you go to whenever the AMC stuff starts after the trailers are over, the whole va 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 va, and then you know the Dolby. I close my eyes during that entire thing. And I, I immediately try and at the simultaneously think about all the things that I know about the movie and then forget about all of it. Like That's I just a lot go, of work. That's a lot. I'm tired. It, I'm exhausted. I don't so want to hear about that. Basically, I just try to release all my expectations then, and it's helped. It's worked out quite a bit yeah. as I'm watching it. I, I tend to forget about a lot of the things that I heard when, I, when I'm watching it, and it helps a lot because I, I used to be like that. I'd be like, well, you know, everyone said it was great, and I didn't like it. Or, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, did you, you haven't said you're number 10, have you? No, 10 was us. Oh, us. Okay, yeah. awesome. Great. All right. Um, uh, Who's up? Who's you, who you now? Number Is nine. Me? I can do nine yeah. then. You'll yeah. Nine. So I'll hit my nine, um, which I'm just thinking. I moved some stuff around just now. But my number nine is, and I, I think I'll be the only one here, but Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Ooh, Ooh okay. okay. Um, nice. Uh, this was a movie that there was a lot of hype between us. We yes. saw this one together, and it's right. because the books were such a big part of our childhood. Uh, yeah. Um, I've also been on this really big kick recently, uh, mainly with music, and we'll talk about it when we get to higher up on my list, but like with the 70s, the era of the 70s, mm. and just the music, yeah. and uh, what's the was first season song? Season of the Witch. Season of the Witch. Yeah. The movie opens up to Season of the Witch. It's got all the, like, the cars from the 70s driving around. It's going around this little town mm-hmm. on Halloween. And just like that set the stage for me. It was it an really awesome did. movie. Yeah. They did really a really good job of kind of hitting like the highlights from the story. And oh, actually man. being Me faithful to like, the creepy design. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. Messed really up and cool. dirty. Yeah. Right. Me and, Walker. Yeah. You know, I don't know. It's It wasn't anything crazy, but just for me, it was. I really enjoyed the movie. I thought it had some really good scares. It really, you know, did a good job of following expectations with the books that we all read as kids. And then that whole seventies factor was big oh, yeah. for me. Yeah, that's I, awesome. I'm really yeah. happy you have that on your list. That's a good shout out. I agree for sure. Stevie, uh, we are on number nine. Nine for me is the lighthouse, which we kind of hit oh, on. Nice. Yeah, well, if you want, we can talk about that more when we get to it on my end, since I've got. Yeah, you're the guy. big lighthouse guy, so we can wait. Okay. All right. My number nine is waves. Uh, that's my number three. Waves don't cry. Uh, waves and uh, yeah, Stevie number three. That's that's uh, I think that's pretty appropriate. I, um, I it originally wasn't in my top ten, but the more and more I thought about it, I was like, I've got to put this in my top ten just because of what kind of movie it is. And it's funny too. Um, you know, we're recording here in Harry's house. Harry's already walked away. Uh, Harry has not seen this movie, and um, we actually were all set to go see this movie. And what was the movie we ended up seeing instead? 
because uh, it was was that Richard Jewell? That was Richard Jewell. Richard Jewell. Richard Jewell. So when you're comparing this to Richard Jewell, and I again talked about this in the podcast, but um, this movie was just so good. The soundtrack was amazing. The story was amazing. Um, but yeah, like I said, I'll, I'll I will I'll say just that for now because you've heard my opinions on it. We will wait for when it hits on Stevie's top. We'll do movies. a little exchange there. Lighthouse uh, yeah, for we'll waves. do a Lighthouse for Waves. That sounds good to me. I think they're in the same spots for us. Just flipped uh, right? nine, nine and, and three. Three. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. Perfect. Very good. And they're both. Those are both A twenty four movies too. Yep. A twenty four had a really good year this year. Except uh, for souvenir. Yeah, except for Subin, yeah, they, they all be winners. Yeah, they they have a couple that are hitting. Yeah, for like me, that. it's Midsummer, Lighthouse, Farewell, Waves. Yep. Um, uh, it, yeah. Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Five. Um, top all right, Harry, five. number nine for Harry. Right. Nine was scary stories. You, was go, you go eight. Oh, that's right. I'm so right. Okay, number eight for me. Ad Astra. Ooh. Uh, yep. Loved Ad Astra. That movie was so good. Um, the I, I and I've said it before. I'll say it forever. I'm just a huge space guy. I'm a space nut. I love movies about space. I'm a space fiend. I'm a space fiend. I can't. Sure. You know, no. In space, no one can hear you scream. And uh, that's kind of how I felt seeing this movie. I was just like, wow, this is the so. The silent good. space buggy battle is probably yeah. Awesome. And that know, didn't make a top ten for me in movie wise, but that is probably one of the coolest scenes. From oh yeah, for sure. And I kept I kept going back and forth of like, is this a top ten? Is this a not top ten? And it's a top five to be. And honest. originally, <laughs> I had it at number four. And I was like, okay, I think that may be a little, a little high on my end. Um, but I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it again. I've only seen it the one time in theaters. But when Stevie and I were doing the top movies of the decade, that one was in there as well. And uh, I had brought up, and I'll say it again here, I just loved the, the whole, the whole, not just the cinematography and you know, good CGI of when he's repairing the space base in the beginning mm-hmm. and then falls. But it's like, so you, you start out with him in the upper atmosphere, and then next, the next few scenes are him on Earth and then him on the moon, and then him on Mars, and then him out in space. And, like, it's just this really cool, linear him going to different, like, right. set pieces. It's, it's like a road trip in a sense, yeah. And, oh, and then the baboons, that was, I forgot about that, and I just remember that, that was nuts. Ooh, on the, yeah. On the, the like, quarantine ship. ship or what? oh my god! I love the scenes on Mars with uh, Ruth Nega. Yeah, that whole. The way whole... that the lighting was on the hallways and stuff. Was mm-hmm. just, well, then when he gets to the first space forever. station, yeah. and it's all commercialized, yep. and there's a subway and an Applebee's or whatever, and mm-hmm. that was really cool. Yeah, they really had, that whole, every, a lot of things on Mars had a very Blade Runner vibe. The mm-hmm. idea of having to go that far out in space to connect with your dad is pretty, uh. Pretty epic, too. actually. Right. Yeah, real epic. Where by daddy? When you go home at night, do you stay in a box? Cells, cells. Interlinked. Uh, interlinked. Cells, interlinked. Cells, interlinked. Uh, okay, uh, so that's my number eight. Stevie, number eight. Uh, number eight for me would be Uncut Gems, which we went over. All my gems are uncut. All oh my gems. My these diamonds, are, all these diamonds are uncut. Loved it. We went over that. What's your okay, number seven? Okay. So number, you're, go to, you go to eight. You're number well, eight. Well, my eight's Parasite. Wonderful. Okay, so what's your seven? Uh, Uncut Gems. Wow. Right, we're we're coming, we're that's awesome. We've got a real... Yeah, we're number on. seven. I don't know if this is in either of your lists. Peanut Butter Falcon. Ooh. No, no. that one That one just missed the honorable mention. Shia LaBeouf. We talked a little bit about this earlier. Little, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a movie. It's about the main character, Zach. Great is, feel good movie. Uh, young guy with uh, Down syndrome living in like a nursing home, and he wants to be a wrestler, and he escapes to try to find this wrestling academy. Uh, meets up with Shia LaBeouf, who's on the run, and it just becomes everyone compares it to like Huckleberry Finn, you know, just kind of this yeah, yeah, Southern it's a good type adventure. Huck Finn. Yeah, it really is, but and also some really underappreciated performances by Bruce Dern and by Thomas Hayden Church and Dakota Johnson. Yeah, she, she does a great too. job. 
And Shia LaBeouf, this is, I think, his best performance of the year. Yeah. Maybe yeah, one of his best I, ever. Comparing that to Honey Boy, I w- yeah, I, I think so. Though he did a great job in Honey Boy, too. But, yeah. it, it is the feel-good movie of the year, without question. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, I, I, everybody loves it. Right? Yeah. We've I've not met it. anyone that has not liked it. You know, it's the feel-good movie of the year, too, where when, the, when that ending hit, and I, I know Steve and I are probably thinking it, too, and I think Joey says, well, we were like, he better not be dead and then it was like black and then it comes back and he's in the car chilling we're like yep it's the feel-good movie of the year this is awesome i read somewhere that maybe a producer or somebody suggested that they don't show him at the end and they were like no we're not gonna no (laughs) thank god for that producer yeah we'd be singing a different tune okay that was your number seven yep all right my number seven is book smart by olivia that's a olivia wilde and um with uh what is it beanie feldstein and is it Catherine deaver Am I crazy? Caitlin Deaver. Caitlin Deaver. Caitlin Deaver. Um, with a ton of other people. But I just, Booksmart is probably one of my favorite comedies in a long time, especially when it comes to high school type movies. Um, really intelligently made, um, tons of heart in it. And I, I just love seeing a different side of high school movies. Um, so, like, kind of more current day, this kind of is right up there with me with uh, Blockers. I really like Blockers, and it's kind of that same vein. Also, I'd argue like Good Boys, and I know Stevie oh, before the podcast go. said oh I better not Those even mention words. that name. Oh, baby. But that's all I'll say about it. But no, no. So Booksmart is just—it was one of my favorites when my wife and I saw that in theaters, and we both loved it. And it was funny the day it came out on Hulu. I was like, I was like, I need to find something to watch. And I just clicked on Hulu, and it was like, we have Booksmart. And I was like, oh, nice. And I immediately pressed play. You know how long it takes for us to find movies? Right. I just pressed play instantly and watched the whole movie again, and I and was it's just great. like. So good. And, and that's how I did it with Midsummer. When I saw that it was on Amazon, I was like, even though it's long, I was like, I'm going to watch this again right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's really also a huge shout out to Skylar Jasondo. Oh, that guy was Jared. Really funny. He was so funny. Have you seen this movie, Harry? I did. Booksmart? Yeah, th- that guy. Remember the guy who's got the giant party on the boat? Oh, no one's there. yeah. He's hilarious. And he's got like all those, God, the things that he would say. Trying to remember what some Such of his lines were. Such a tryhard. Him and his so sister funny. too. His yeah, sister was up, guys? hilarious. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. And his sister is Billy Lord. Uh, that's Princess Leia's daughter in real life. Oh wow. Yeah. I'll see if I can find in the in the quotes. But um, oh, and she was in the Star Wars movies, right? Yeah. And what was his? What did you his guys name? didn't believe Jared, me? Jared, right? Didn't. Well, I didn't know. Um, yeah. It had to have been Jared. Yeah, yeah, it was Jared. Yeah. Okay. I'm just trying to see if maybe IMDb has any of their. Uh, here we go. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Prepare to get bashed in a fun in a fun way, like consensual, consensually bashed. I mean, consensually bashed. It should say, "Prepare to get consensually bashed." And uh, that's actually not one of his better ones. Oh yeah, she, can I get a what what? She's like, "Oh my god!" And uh, he's a goof. Oh yeah, <laughs> sorry, I'm late. Traffic was nuts. Uh, it's it's hard to do them on there, but like it just if you haven't seen that movie, I don't know why you haven't. But again, it is literally free on Hulu, so you should definitely check it out. But that's my number seven. Uh, my number six was Parasite. Okay. My nice. number six was Marriage Story. Nice. We'll okay. My number six was I'm the Joker, baby. Ah, Ooh, the Joker. Okay. Here we go. Stevie, is that even in your list? It's at fifteen for me. Okay. Yeah, and it was Which it was actually hard. the movie right before Marriage Story on mine. Because I love, I really do love Joker. Joker is an honestly, awesome movie. if it won Best Picture, I would love that just because of how crazy it would make right. people. It'd be the ultimate Joker's trick if he won. <laughs> it <laughs> would. If he took on the prize of the night. <laughs> we'll hear it. We'll hear it. We'll hear him laughing on the mic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Joker, Todd Phillips. We all saw it together too. Awesome movie. Um, 
really interesting look like with where our society is right now just like oh yeah we, we do that, live in a society we do well. live in a society <laughs> we do, we do um live. anyone that doesn't know us we're always joking about the joker we've been joking about the joker for years so um, a, a decade joker, really yeah. Yeah. the joker baby this was the culmination this of, was the culmination of, is, of all our jokes i would say if this movie does win if it wins any awards i'd say that's a huge win for the gaming community i think hey. joaquin's probably gonna win i think yeah yeah, yeah. his I mean, best actor yeah yeah of course mm-hmm. i mean yeah. he did an incredible job uh, the story was really interesting, really dark. Uh, I like how they threw in a little Batman. Just, just enough. Just, just yeah, enough. Not, not obnoxious. It, yeah. uh, and I've actually read and heard some stuff that they might be doing like a Batman movie or something or something following this or like in the same realm. They've talked about we'll it. We'll see what happens. Forth. I don't know if Joaquin would do it again. <clears throat> He's gone back and forth, but I, I specifically read something that... I feel like him going he, back and forth somebody, is just to troll people. It, it, yeah, because there was an interview he did and I think it was right after the Golden Globes and it was like some stupid idiot you know asking him questions and it was like he's they're like you know what what did you do to like and he's he, he his answer he goes yeah I, i'm like i've said this before in interviews he's like do you have like an actual like a good question for wow me? Like, he is the joker he, yeah because he was like he basically is like i'm just so sick of people asking me like what did i do to become because you know everyone's so obsessed with the whole heath ledger right and all how about that. another joke Murray? yeah yeah <laughs> So I'm I'm kind of excited, and he's been doing some crazy stuff at these awards. So we'll see if he gives a speech. Yeah, his speech because he won. He's won on everything. Everything that he's been in so far, he's won. Really, but every speech that the last he didn't speech win he last did, night. Uh, for the, oh, that okay. one's Adam Sandler. Oh, good, 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 good. Um, but when he won the Baftas, his speech was about uh, it was racial disparity right. in the Baftas or something right. like that. So I guarantee you, and if he, he had wins, a lot of stuff about these. like climate change and. You know, being environmentally friendly at yep. the Golden Globes, right? Yep. Right. So if he but wins yeah, here, that he's was, probably going to really roast the he's, he's really trying to flip society on its head. What was that tweet that was like... <laughs> I, I don't even remember. It was something about the Joker winning Best Picture. I don't know. I'd have to it find would it. Be it would yeah. be, be twisted. It would be twisted. be a little twisted. So, well, yeah. so that's your number That's your number six? That's my number six. Okay, so then what's your number five? Uh, number five was actually Doctor Sleep. Ooh, Ooh okay. wow. Nice. Awesome. Another Stephen King. That was a freaking movie. Yeah, uh... I've I've always been a huge loved his books and everything and haven't read Doctor Sleep actually but um, any of the movies that they adapt from his books I I I don't think I've watched one yet that I don't like yeah it's been a it's been Especially a sort thinner. of Stephen King renaissance <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh the gypsy <laughs> <laughs> no but so Doctor funny? Sleep I remember that was another one I kind of went into it with not really any expectations um, they didn't really do a great job, and they talked about why it's why the movie didn't get a lot of hype. They didn't do a great job like marketing it. Um, it's hard they, to market though, right? And they they really kept it to as just a shining follow up rather than as a, you know a standalone horror movie. But I loved all the throwbacks to The Shining, how it kind of uh, ends and culminates at the at hotel, the yeah. hotel. Um, and I just like all the acting in it, all the the cast decisions and everything was really Rebecca good. Ferguson it was, it was, was good. awesome. Yep. and so was uh, the guy who played his buddy. Mm-hmm. I really liked him because he was uh, what was it? He was in Hobbs and Shaw. He he's was, like the Indian he guy, kind of right? Brother in Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, but then he was also in. He's been. He's like an up and coming um, supporting dude. Supporting dude. Yeah, and so he's doing a good job. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, that was just too. like us. That was one where it felt like the level of craft was higher than yeah. other horror movies. And yes, that, that yeah. helps a lot. Very and it's it's story. dangerous to do. I mean, it's obviously an adaptation, right? So it but wasn't it was like original, play. but it's risky to do it and to do that much with The Shining, like doing the similar scenes and having the actors that look similar and stuff. Mm-hmm. They could have totally bombed that, and I thought they did a great job. Yeah, for sure. 
Stevie, what number, what number is this? This five. was five. Okay, five for me was Ad Astra. What nice. was your six, actually? Did six you... was Marriage Story. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Marriage, Ad Astra. And my number five, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Ooh. A little and low. I know, yeah, <laughs> I know that's a little higher for you guys, so uh, yeah. I will wait and let you guys talk about it. I think I may have done – this might have been right before I started po- the podcast, but um, I really liked this movie. As we saw it tw- I saw it twice. Um, I thought there was a lot of driving – when I saw it, and the longer it's been since I've seen it, the more I miss it, and the more that I want that driving. And as there was a, I don't remember what movie it was that we watched recently. It was a movie. Stupid Wages of Fear. Oh no! No, no, no! It was a movie, movie where it was a drive. Yeah, no, but it was like in Hollywood. It was like, it. it I think it a marriage been, story. Maybe it was marriage story. There's a couple of scenes where they're like. He was like pulling out and maybe even driving down what felt like the same road. I was like, this is hmm. – maybe it was either that or maybe it was Irishman. It was something right around that time. Hmm. But I was just like, oh, that's just like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But I really liked it. I, I Obviously, I love Leonardo DiCaprio. I love Brad Pitt and I love Margot Robbie. Um, I love the whole Manson thing. The – I don't – and it, it, I guess if I'm doing a dig at the movie, it's a very basic movie in the sense of it's just – How dare you're, you? You're just following two, two – a washed-up actor in a sense and, and another guy. Like it's nothing really. old buddy. And I'm a has-been. I'm a has-been. And uh, there's really no action until the very end of the movie. But again, like every time – I don't buy that one time, bit. I don't think you get to talk about it. If you have it at number five, I think you, <laughs> I, yeah, you give I this movie the respect it deserves. You let Steve sure, and I, I talk about it. But like it. I said, I, there's just something magical about that movie because it's a Quentin Tarantino movie. The dialogue is so sharp. The, the scenes in production are so good. The soundtrack is phenomenal. The soundtrack. I know has got a lot to say mm. about the soundtrack. Hush. Um, hush. Hush. Yeah. So no, no, no. Don't Please don't misconstrue this as me saying I don't like it. Again, this is a 9 out of 10 for me, and I, I really want to see it again. I love all the Tarantino <laughs> movies. And it's definitely one of my favorite Tarantino movies as well. So, um, But yeah, that's my number five. Uh, my number four, and I wonder if any of you have this on yours, uh, John Wick Chapter Three Parabellum. Ooh, interesting. Not in my top ten. No. Even. No. Yeah. Wow. It's um, probably like twenty-seven or something. I love John Wick, and I all like I love all the John Wick movies. To me, that's probably one of my favorite franchises, and it's, I love that it's so new. But that movie, and I rewatched it again too, and in four K, and it was just. I mean, it's a great movie. But that it's, scene we've seen when it before. They're doing the they're oh, you've seen a giant knife fight in that room where they're going back and forth. That was and he's really funny. Axes and people's yeah. What do we got? Dogs now. Great. Um, there's dogs. What do we got? Too. Horses in the next yeah. one. What do you say, John? Are you pissed off? Yeah. <laughs> you want to get revenge? I yeah, know, I'm thinking I'm pissed. Off. I'm thinking I'm back, and I'm thinking I'm pissed. Well, I clearly know where I stand. On no, this, there's so. I, no, no. It's a, a fun movie. I love. Yeah, I just very I love the John Wicks. I absolutely love them. So that's I'm glad that's in my top. Hey. Once upon a again, we're at our top there's, five yeah, movies now. No, Once I'm, upon I'm a just, time, we're just giving you John gaff. Wick. Okay, so Stevie, what about you? Number four. Number four. Uh, this is an Academy snub, and apparently a He's comic gonna say cinema Avengers snub. He's gonna say Avengers no, Endgame. this is one that the Academy snubbed, and the you fuckers also snubbed. What do we got? Uh, the farewell. Oh, I've got that. Okay, the farewell oh, is wow. right below Joker for me. So not on your list. Not on my list. Okay, no. that's what I'm saying. Uh, uh, not even on my honorable mentions. Okay. Great movie, but. Crazy. Talk about feel good movie of the year. Love farewell. That was um, not a feel good movie of the year. Aquafina no, should have been nominated. Joke. She should have, hands down. Uh, man, I I need to see this movie again because I loved it so much. I just, I mean, isn't that a twenty four? Yeah. Again, it's it'll come to Amazon. A, a bit like um, Hidden Life, and that I think it's a very philosophical movie. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of time just spent thinking about all the stuff that's going on, and I loved. I I just keep thinking about the one scene 
for some reason, the one that sticks with me the most is the uh, her dad, Zima, and his brother. They're just like hanging out smoking in the middle yeah. of the night. And it's just, I don't know, like any movie that has time for a scene like that is belongs in my top five of the year. Uh, I don't know if that means anything to anybody listening. But if you haven't seen the movie, you got to go see it. It is a, it's it's an really incredible good. movie. The plot yeah. itself, if you don't know, is about um, a Chinese family where the grandmother has been diagnosed with, I think, cancer. Yeah. And they don't tell her because apparently that's just part of the culture is that, you know, they don't want to talk about death or ruin the last moments of her life all that stuff so they stage a fake wedding and have everybody kind of fly out and spend like a week with the grandma there in china and it's i mean it's a really cool movie and it's it's like nothing that we generally see from american filmmaking and i think the director lulu wang is i mean she's wang. american i think it's written wang but I, she said wang oh, so i'm she? going with wang oh. uh i think it was originally like a podcast that she did and then got funding to turn it into a movie. And it's, I honestly just like baffled it. It didn't make it to any. I am surprised. Oh, it did. I thought it was a Golden Globe. For yeah, no, it did. Yeah. It, but and Aquafina won the Golden Globe. For but foreign but film. like nothing at the Oscars, not a no, single nomination no. yeah, blows with a snubber. That people don't like what they don't understand. It's not even that hard to understand. It isn't. <laughs> no, but that's what I'm saying. It's, it's a high, high it's, bar. It's a really, it, there's a lot of sadness, but it's also really funny. There's some really funny really stuff fun. in that oh, movie, yeah. too. Well, and relatable, right? It's something yeah, we it's all so through. relatable. Yeah. 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 I, I Look, I'm sorry. It's not higher up on my list. <laughs> well, after that, after that deep philosophical Stevie's number oh, four, no. I'm going to go into Pow Pow Bang Bang. Let's uh, do it. Avengers number yes! four. Okay. Avengers. Boom, boom. Boom. You got, you I got am the Iron Man. Very nice. Harry, I can play Okay, uh, right. I'm gonna probably I'm gonna probably defer. I'll let Alex talk about this. We'll talk about when gets sued. Who knows what uh, what part? What number? Countless hours talking. Although, about Although, yeah. okay, funny enough, I actually have not talked about Avengers Endgame. I I don't believe that for a second. I yeah, okay, that's a I lie. talked about that's it. A total lie. I talked it's about a fabrication. It. I talked about it in the Infinity Saga and Me podcast, but that was more of like everything surrounding it, like you know how we went and saw the film and all of that stuff. But um, in terms of the movie, like I never gave a review for the movie, other than that I, you know, flip and loved it. But um, no, I, I. So yeah, if you want to defer, we can. We can we'll defer because we'll I think we'll it's going to end with you, it and I know that's, that's your number one. And I'll Ooh, I'll chime in a little spoilers. bit. <laughs> this podcast is all about spoilers. This, this podcast. Um, okay, yeah, that's. Fine. I imagine so that's your number four, four though. That's these awesome. Four comic and cinema fans. We're just so relieved to get an Oscar episode where they get to finally hear about cinema. There's no comics diving in here and spoiling the fun. Well, I got bad news for you folks because we're about to dive into Avengers Endgame. We're going to end it with the peak here. We're going to end it with the crossover of comics and cinema. Yeah, exactly. That's hey, that's 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 my goal here with this podcast. That's the reason I started. I just wanted to talk about Endgame. So you're number three. That was your number. Yeah, that was my number four. A great movie. We'll let Alex talk about it, but they didn't. Well, no, we'll have you talk about it when we get there. But um, number three. Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker. Let's give it a hand up. Round of applause. I'd hope both of you have it on your top ten. It's my number two. Look at that. 1917 edged it out, but it is top three movie of the year. Still find it incredibly surprising that so many people didn't like this movie. Uh, Just reading reviews and and everything going into it, people were like upset about it. They weren't they weren't fans. Freaking loved it. I don't know if it's. One thing that we kind of did, I hadn't seen the first yeah. Star Wars, actually, it's which is crazy. Yeah. Um, Phantom Menace, Clone Wars, and Revenge of the Sith. 
So those ones were just I never got around to it. I don't know. I was a busy kid, I guess. But yeah. uh, we started what back in November. Uh, it kind of coincided with the release of Disney Plus, which was perfect. But started essentially watching all of these movies. Uh, and other than Stevie giving the snub to Rogue One, we got through. <laughs> we got through all yeah, of them right we, we before went on that podcast, didn't we? Uh, right before we went and saw this one, and it was so cool to kind of do the full circle and and start at the beginning, see all these movies. We had Mandalorian going on at the same time, and then you go into the theaters and this and Fallen Order. You're right, yeah, Fallen, Jedi, Order. Fallen Order. Yep. it was a good year for Star Wars. It was year. a freaking good year. It, and was it you, Harry, who was like, man, I, it's oh, it's kind of crazy how they. It all kind of fell at the same time. As it's if like Disney someone planned. Plan it's like yeah. someone planned this. Right. Yeah, um, and as I wear my baby Yoda, we've got shirt. a baby Yoda shirt in the studio right Ooh, now. Nice. Um, no, but I, crazy movie, incredible, awesome fight scenes, awesome Jedi lightsaber battles, yep. uh, space scenes. Kind of they they did a good job to me at least of giving you know nods and shout outs to some of the the Star Wars lore. Yep. Um, didn't we get a new teeny? There was oh, a new teeny. We got a new teeny at the end, and that was that was crazy. I think Alex stood up and started screaming. Yeah, that was um, probably the best part of the movie. Ooh, teeny. Ooh, yeah, teeny. that was. I was praying that we'd do that. Let me ask you this: Have you guys heard anything about the behind the scenes of this movie? No, at all. No. Anything recent? No. no. So, do you guys remember? Jedi's are real. Colin, is this a Isle of Dogs moment? No, this is Colin Trevor, Trevorrow was originally the one who was attached to direct and write the movie, okay. and then he he they left. Dropped him, he right? left a while off, yeah, for creative differences. Um, very recently, he actually someone leaked the script that he wrote, and he confirmed that that was the script for what the movie was going to be. Uh, it was going to be called Star Wars: Duel of the Fates. And uh, okay. so the whole script is available online for you to see, like the what, original. what could have been. Um, from what I've been, t- I've read some of it, like I've you know in articles. I haven't actually read the script, but I just think it's so funny. I'm not, I don't even want to give it credence here, besides that mentioning of it. If you want to look it up, you can. But I just think it's so funny because everyone who's seen it, who obviously hated Rise of Skywalker, is like. You know, oh my God, this is what we could have had. Release like, the Trevor oh, cut. Really, yeah, exactly. Wow, and it just really? it blows my mind because it's like. And again, he admitted that this is the real script, and so you know that he probably leaked it to be like, you know, eh, this, this is, is what, what you could have had. Yeah. But it was well, like there was that. like a there's like a Rose and BB-8 sort of scene where they do like a heist, and there's a um, Kylo. Yeah, big, Rose sounds like the last movie. Rose was kind of no washed up. We got enough Rose movie. in I feel the like last we movie. We did a Rose BB-8 yeah. heist in the last. I'm done. Movie. I'm tired of Rose. Yeah, I don't. A, I didn't want to see Rose, and I didn't, and I was thrilled. She yeah. had enough, a good amount of Rose. Yeah. In this and movie. I, she had some in the last. But yeah, there's no, there was no Emperor Palpatine in this one. Um, the bad guy was Kylo Ren, and he gets killed at the end by Rey. Um, that see, I wouldn't have liked the that. The difference yeah. being as well, there was a, the, the only part I was like, oh, that's actually really cool was. The Jedi scene at the end, when you know, all the voices, they actually had it where it was actually them there, oh, and they okay. like lift her up and give her. That the, would have been kind of cool. That would have been super yeah, cool but to see, but not worth remaking it, it, a movie. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely not. Um, but yeah, that's I great. That's there. The Sith. So that was your number three, wow. you said? Yeah, Stevie. Three for me is Waves. Okay, all right, yeah, let's hear it. Uh, man. Or did we? Did we? Did you talk about that in the top films of the decade? We podcast? probably did a bit. You can talk about it briefly. Listen, man, uh, what a what a treat this movie it feels a bit like a Terrence Malick movie in ways. Um, there's one scene in particular where they're touring a construction site that struck me as yeah. right out of Song to Song. Uh, but 
really, really great performances. I feel like Kelvin Harrison Jr., he's been nominated at other award shows, didn't get an Oscar nom, which is weird. I think Sterling K. Brown also should have, yeah, I think Sterling K. Brown, who's the dad, should have also been nominated. Yep. Um, the soundtrack is insane. I mean, what, Kendrick I Lamar, Frank Ocean. relate more to a soundtrack. Oh, really yeah. enjoyed that. Cinematography was so, so good. Um, I don't, yeah, there's nothing really, whatever I said in the original podcast probably still stands. Mm-hmm. Uh, shocked that this wasn't nominated for more stuff. I'm not, I'm not shocked because. I guess, yeah, I don't know what, shocked is the wrong word, but. Disappointed is probably yeah. the best word to use. Uh, okay, yeah, and so now we're kind of getting into the, I guess, chit-chat piece of everything. So yeah, my number three was Lighthouse, which Stevie and, and Harry already Hark. mentioned a bit. That movie is so good, and I recently, if you guys haven't listened to it, I really highly recommend doing so. There's a, a scary movie podcast called Dead Meat, the Dead Meat podcast. Uh, they did a whole episode on Lighthouse just talking about it, and there's so much more that I learned watching that of like, they basically, uh, David Eggers, Roger Eggers? Robert. Robert, Robert, Robert Eggers. Um, was saying that the whole because there really isn't a plot to the movie. The movie's just the two guys are on the thing. On the but he was yep. in in one interview. He had said that it was like the story of Prometheus and Proteus is what he said. And when he said that, and they kind of explained it in this podcast, I was like, oh wow, because like, there's this whole Proteus being um, what was it? Proteus is is uh, Willem Dafoe, and Prometheus is. Um, well, what's his face, Robert Pattinson? What but, in terms of trying to capture the fire? Yeah, yeah, because he's always trying to go to get the light. What are those gods? Greek gods? Greek or gods. Well, Prometheus yeah. is the one who tried to get the sun and bring it down to earth. Bring it down is to the earth. He the one that flew and flew too close to the sun. Yeah, he tried to. He tried. So he tried to get the. He got fire, gave it to the humans, and so Zeus, it was Zeus or whoever it was, punished him by having fire in the sun. He, right. they had, <laughs> and, and this is where maybe you'll understand it a little more if you remember the movie. Is um, he was punished by forever uh having his liver pecked out by birds oh. over and over again for eternity if you don't remember the last scene of the movie yeah. is him hanging out with the birds pecking his innards out and then same with uh willem dafoe i'm trying was it proteus is uh um well the, all the white house scenes, the old right? salty Where, sea dog proteus. well it was something about proteus is like no one the fact of him lying all the time and changing his story and all this he's a very fluid type of character that no whatever it was there's just so much underneath that movie that i think people didn't notice and i certainly didn't in some scenes but that movie just overall oh and it was that there's a ton of sexual undertones in that movie of homosexual yeah. undertones that i didn't really realize but he said there's the scene they, they the script's available online and the scene where they're they're fighting and then they almost kiss he said that it was like there the the way that it was described and written in there that Robert wrote it as was like you know their their but their bodies are like hugging and tackling each other and and the you know it's getting closer and closer and are they it, it was like will they kiss no this is madness and it wow. was like it's like it's like way I mean, that's what the movie had yeah, yeah. it was so so crazy because you don't know I mean half of it you don't know what's real and what's not I think that's a movie you got to see multiple times too to yeah really let oh it sink 100% in. yeah and I've only seen it once I'd love to go back and that'd be one I'd, I'd need to rewatch yeah yeah for sure so Especially yeah no that movie just Prometheus. was incredible and um, so 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 good my favorite thing I read about the lighthouse was a review from a former wiki it was an actual lighthouse man yeah. he was like talking about it. he was like yeah he gave some crazy stories and his big complaints were like uh no no wiki would have ever kept a lighthouse in that poor shape like these are all former <laughs> navy men they wouldn't but he was like this is a great movie i give it five stars right right yeah 
Uh, well, then they'd said too. It was like you know, he's like, he... I, got, I got in a fight with many a gull in my yeah, day. Yeah, exactly. He was talking about like people getting attacked by gulls and all this stuff. It said, well, because the funny thing, and I don't, I don't know if you remember it, but it was like there's a there's a whole rule book. There's that big rule book of everything, and Robert right. Pattinson comes into the role ready to go. He was like, I want to do. I read the book. I read I'm the book. To... I'm ready to go. Like you know, you what are you doing the day? And I'll do the light at night. And he's like, no, like you don't get to go near the light. And he's like like kind of loses his mind like what why am i not doing these things but then it was like you know what did uh defoe do to the prior guy did he kill him did the guy go mad because he tells him different stories but it was like what if he was the prior second and he killed his guy just the same way that robert pattinson did to the logger guy because he wanted the light for himself and that's why he now stays up there all the time is because he you know did Jeez, it. yeah but also as well um there's that scene. It's the scene where uh, Robert Pattinson's looking up in the lighthouse, and that stuff falls on him. Do you remember what the, what that was? Was it like lamp oil? I don't think so. No, it wasn't lamp oil, and I thought it was lamp oil, but it wasn't lamp oil. Why did you think it was lamp oil? I don't remember. I just when they told it, they oh, said God, in the podcast, it? it's it's Willem Dafoe. And I knew oh, that. Really? I knew I, that the first time I watched. I it. did not. And when they said in the podcast, I was like, "Oh." Because he said the no. wife was, or his light was like his wife. I was like, "Okay, this guy's he's porking the light." Right, right. And God, there's just, I mean, there's so much in that movie that is. Oh, but then it was like, how did he? Wow. How did he break his leg? And there's the whole scene at the end when he goes up and looks at the light when Pattinson does, and he stumbles and falls back and breaks his legs when he falls down, and they're like, "Well, maybe that's how he broke his leg." Was that he did the exact same thing when that happened and was you know taken aback by the light? But do you not remember that scene where every, the sound just starts getting distorted? Oh, at the very just, end, yeah. And he's just screaming. Oh. It was like, what is it that he I sees? It's like Prometheus staring into the fire. Uh, so no, that movie just it's continuously getting better and better for me. That's my number three. Um, was it? Was your your number three was Waves, right? Yeah. So you're, you're doing do number two. two. I'm doing two. My two was Rise of the Skywalker, which was Star also Wars, mine. and yours was two. What's your two? My two is 1917. 1917. Okay. okay. What's your number one? Once Upon a Time. Once Upon a Time. Once upon Steve, a same time. for me. Same for you. Why don't you two both go over that, and then we'll talk about what my number first. one is. What it, I mean, listen, man. What what can be said? What is there to say about uh, two of the best, uh, best of the best Hollywood stars at this point, doing a great sort of buddy comedy? Uh, I don't even know. I what hate to that say. you're calling it a buddy comedy. Yeah, that's I, weird. I'm being reductive. It's it's a it is the late career masterpiece from Tarantino. It's the second to last, agree. right? There's yep. only he's only doing one more. It's super reflective. It's I love that it's very like self referential and self aware in terms of his age in Hollywood and Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio. I mean, all this stuff about like a star aging out of stardom, I think it applies to all three of them in slightly different phases, but I mean, that's really cool to see. Um, the revisionist history stuff is incredible. I know I talked about this on the other podcast that I, uh, you know, read the Wikipedia going into it and it was followed so closely and I was so nervous to see what was going to happen at the right. end. And it was mm-hmm. so satisfying the way everything turned out. And it's, I mean, it's a hilarious movie. I watched it again recently. Uh, feels so warm, 70s, you know, the soundtrack. I don't know. I don't know. What else? What else we can say at this point? So many scenes. Where, so many scenes. I just think about all the time. I think they did a really good. I mean, Tarantino obviously just did a really good job of creating scenes with these characters that stick with you from 
uh, you know, Sharon Tate seeing her movie where she's in the theater and just yep. so full of life um, and just so happy. And then just like Alex kind of brought up earlier, just all the driving around scenes, just Brad Pitt cruising the wheels, cruising the streets of Hollywood. Yep. Um, that The rendition of what's the song that Jose... Oh, uh, it's uh, Jose Feliciano doing uh, California Dreamin'. California Dreamin' with his little twist on it is awesome. Um, I still, I downloaded all those songs and I said, I have a, my driving around playlist that I continue. I listen to Hush every morning <laughs> at five thirty in the morning when I wake up. I have Hush ripping through uh, my car stereo. Uh, um, no, but just, I mean, I don't know. Like Stevie said, what else can you say? Uh, Brad Pitt and Leo are icons, and they both were incredible, funny. Uh, I had just finished, and or I think was in the process of reading and finishing the Helter Skelter book, which is is. Uh, written by Vince Bugulosi or some something like that, but the lawyer involved with all the Manson trials. So it was really interesting to see that side of it. And like like Stevie said, they stayed really true to that story, at least till the end. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, top number one. Yeah, that's awesome. Any, I mean, the fact that it's, I don't know, I don't think it's going to win Best Picture, unfortunately, but it, it totally should, yeah. it got in nominated. my opinion. It was nominated for quite a few Oscars, too. It's still... There's a chance. There's a chance. I mean, supporting for the, for the if supporting who, who, actor uh, doesn't go to Brad Pitt for that movie, I'm going to lose. Is like he, no question. he has won for everything. Yeah. Everything so far this year he's won, been the one to win. So, yeah, it's it's his his, uh, his award to, to His lose. to take. So uh, that leads to uh, last but definitely not least. <laughs> and in fact, this is actually my uh, number yeah, one. Yeah, yeah uh, Avengers Endgame, my number one movie of the year. Um, and I know I had mentioned this, uh, I think I mentioned this on a prior podcast, but I, I want to clarify a few things now. Uh, having rewatched Parasite, Parasite is now in my um, my top films of the decade. Uh, it wasn't prior, but it is. Uh, but I wanted to clarify as well, I had Avengers Endgame as my number one movie of the decade as well. It is no longer my number one movie. And I think I mentioned that. It's like number five now. And that's not to shirk it by any means. I just, you know, did a lot of a, a lot of drinking and thinking. A lot of soul searching. A lot of soul searching. But I here's what I want to highlight with Avengers Endgame. Not only is this movie, and, and uh, I'll let Stevie chime in at some point. He's had his time to talk, I think. But, <laughs> but I'm, I'm no, more like I'm more interested to hear Harry's Harry's stuff. But not only did this movie become the highest grossing movie of all time, but it's Should also in, part it's of also incredibly uh, well reviewed by critics and fans Again, alike. Should not be Are you part talking of this about you like this? no, no, is this no, your but favorite just, movie or the cr- critics? What I'm critics saying movie is, it's rare when a movie is is that successful in all of those ranges, and also ends up being something that I really like as well. Okay. Oftentimes, the movies that I like do not end up coming near being the best like i'm come to the top of my head like tree of life mandy uh only god forgives those kinds of like movies where i just i don't know there's certain movies that i really get attached to and and obviously i'm attached to all the marvel movies because i'm such a huge uh, comic guy but this movie was just so phenomenal because there was so much build-up for this film we knew this movie was coming back in 2014 and at that time it was called infinity the infinity war part two and uh, they essentially changed it because at that time Feige decided and the, the writers and directors uh, were in agreement that it needed to be two completely separate movies. And I think it really shows when you watch it back to back with Infinity War that they're just so different yet so the same. Um, and I'm sure Stevie's going, oh yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> He's literally same. rolling his but eyes and nodding. Yeah. The thing I always think that. about, because again, both of those movies have really high meaning to me and... Um, uh, like with Infinity War, it is literally nonstop action and go 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 
all the way up until the very end, and you got the bad guy winning. But then this movie is so slow and is so methodical for all of its three hours up until that final fight. And again, Stevie said this, but there's no action in this movie until the very last section of the movie. There's a couple bits of stuff, like when Captain America fights himself, but there's no fighting. There's no like action scene until the very end. So you have, and this is just something that I don't think you see very often and I don't think can be argued with, You've got people, you know, buying out theaters of just sold out theaters of everyone going to see this movie at the exact same time. And you just had people literally on the edge of their seat for three hours watching these characters that we've we've come to love over the last 10 years just talking, literally right. grieving. And you're sitting there in your seat grieving with them because you just spent the last year wondering, like, wh- how I mean, are they going to bring the these people back? The middle third of the movie is a heist. And, and yes, yeah, so then you've got, and that's what's so beautiful about this movie is is when we came up to the part of like, oh, this movie's three hours and a minute. I was so happy when I found that out because I was like, it needs to be. Like, I was like, I don't know what it's right. going to be about, but it needs to be. And the fact that they, and I've, I've seen this movie a lot. So I've timed it. I've done all of the, the different bits of math. But the whole first act of this movie is just total um, sadness. And is, is all of them, the original Avengers that you came to love, just dealing with their grief in different ways. Part two is all about the heist. Is all about them going back in time to try and fix everything. Right. And then part three is the final battle and the epilogue. And it's just crazy how there's just so many different film elements in this movie. Like you've got Alan Silvestri's score is is so amazing. The Avengers bits that he does are great. There's a ton of jazz sequences in it as well. Uh, during the heist, they they incorporate a lot of jazz. There's also a lot of uh, incorporations of prior themes from other movies like. Captain Marvel's theme, Captain America's theme, Iron Man's, all of that. They're all in there. And he seamlessly gets them all in. So I'm really bummed that he didn't get nominated for Best Score. But, you know, what are you going to do? But then along with that, um, what was I going to say in regards to that? Oh, there's also, like, different scenes. So, like, there's that whole scene where where, um, Natasha goes to get Hawkeye in Japan. And that whole scene is a one-shot take. The whole thing is a one-take. But it's a complete. It's like completely separate from the rest of the movie. There's no other part in the so movie. So you liked where they it there, but not take. 1917. Well, I Here did. I, I did there. It was a little slower in this one, but um, <clears throat> I don't know. There's just so many amazing things in this film. That, sure that scene is like three minutes. It is, but I'm just saying, like, there, there didn't need to be there. Like, it didn't need to be one take. But they right. were just like, let's just do a one take scene. Like that. I just thought was cool that they they tried so many cool things in this film of of really pushing themselves, pushing the story. Pushing the, I mean, the, the again, that end battle alone is like, that's something that's going to go down as probably one of the best battles of all time. That's that's right up there. It's, in my opinion, more, but right up there with the Return of the King battle at the end of Return of the King. Um, man, I can't even think of any other ones that are like... That For all the viewers at home, I wish you could be in the theater to hear Alex gasp when... Captain America picks up. Picks up, yeah. The I mean, I, uh, when he picked up the hammer, when <gasps> he starts wielding that hammer, when all the when everybody <laughs> comes back, and then getting to find, getting to put to rest Tony Stark and Captain America, and kind of getting or, and, no, uh, and Black Widow as well. Yeah, it was, <laughs> that was so great. It was so awesome. And now, and now to finally see these new characters take off in the Disney Plus series coming, like it's just, yeah. it was such a. It was great, a good ending. It's a really it's a perfect great ending. ending. The, it really would be a great ending if they said, "Guys, we, this is the we last." We're never making movie. right. Yeah. But with that said, it's it's almost like it's Disney very rare. It's it's rare. It's it's never been done before, <laughs> where you've got ten years of movies, twenty three films. All of which have made more than what none of them bombed. Like they all did well. Every single one of them was number one the weekend it came out. 
Yep. Again, does it? Stevie's shaking his head. But what I'm saying is that's never been done before where you've got 22 consecutive films that are all connected, all doing well, all really well-reviewed for the most part. Obviously, some are hit and miss for some. But overall, all of them really well and ending on such a way. Like that's literally the perfect gymnastic landing at right. the very end to say boom. Well, the, this was... the other thing I like to think of, and we talked about it, but uh, Star Wars. Like I feel yeah. like you have a, just as rabid of a fan base and we loved it. Right, like we love the ending, but you have so many people that walked away from it being like, "Oh, where's this other script that I want to see?" It, yeah, Avengers. It's not Star the case. Wars, um, Star Trek. Literally right. any other type of Jurassic franchise. Park. Right, exactly. Marvel is the only one where there's just a unanimous agreement that like yeah. this was. Incredible. I have never this read a... or heard or talked to anyone with a dissenting view of man that ending sucked. I wish they had done it a different way. Exactly. Yeah. It. It. I'm trying to think whether. Oh, it because that came out right when Game of Thrones ended. Mm-hmm. Everyone hated the ending of Game of, the yeah. Game of Thrones. That was very. This is the only one where it wasn't divisive. Right. So yeah, I mean, for that and so many other reasons. Um, and I think even Stevie walked out of the theater and went. Eh? Stevie, like, no, Stevie said it was his favorite Marvel movie, if I remember I, right. Yeah, I think I'm. I don't know if I'd still stand by that. I'd have to. I mean, I'd have to rewatch I mean, you're all the movies. You're a huge Ant Man and the Wasp fan. Right? No, I. What I was thinking is, I if I were to truly determine what my favorite Marvel movie is, I'd have to rewatch all them, and that's not something I want to do because there's too many. But I did like this one. I I get nervous. I get I get uh, very itchy when the hype starts to build up, and Alex is talking about all this stuff. But like, yeah, it's good. I can't. I'm not gonna argue with you there, even though I'm, I wouldn't give it any any of these levels of accolades. But yeah, like I said, I'm more. I'm a little more curious what Harry thinks of this film or what he thought. So what what would you have shared when you were doing? Because you, you say it was number four for you. Yeah, yeah number okay. four. And I mean, it's gonna it's gonna sound pretty repetitive, but it's the same stuff that you were saying. I think it's really difficult. <sighs> Maybe difficult is not the right word, but just to make and to end this story that we've been watching for 10 years straight of all these characters have everyone walk away from that film feeling fulfilled and like happy with how it ended and excited to see what's coming next. Um, I'm not as big of a Marvel fan as Alex is, but I love, I mean, we've seen almost every Marvel movie together. Um, and they just did an awesome job that, that I think I, I have it in my top 10. Um, almost solely for that last battle because that was just so good. epic right it really was truly especially epic. after like what you see in infinity war and just how progressively like over the course of all these avenger and marvel movies they were continuously able to make things seem bigger better you know it's like how do you take a hundred characters and put them in a battle and exactly. like feel like you see each one and you do yeah and then and, when you really dive into like the behind the scenes of right. this as well when you think about that too it's like Think of how many people made this movie. Not just oh my the God. actors, but the the stunt doubles, the the producers, the the people who built these sets. And I didn't feel like after you walk out of that movie, it, it doesn't feel like they snubbed any of the characters. Like, no. oh, what happened to him? Like, you get you, you get a resounding f- final set, final scene for all these characters where you walk away, and I'm like. After every other movie, right, especially the Avengers ones, you're walking out and you're like, God, I can't wait for the next one. It's going to be crazy. And you walk out of this one with just like, I'm good. Yeah, exactly. And even like like Stevie said, they're going to make a thousand more movies and there's going to be, you know, all these new storylines that they're going to go down and TV shows and everything. But like, honestly, it, if I if they didn't, I'd be okay because they ended right. it so well. Yeah, they really did. And it's like <clears> no matter what happens with these new films, no matter what happens. Right. Like, this will and I'll watch the them, right? You'll watch them; they'll be great. But if they never made another Marvel movie, I can, I would be fine with it. And I think that's 
that was the biggest factor for me is no, for sure and i know stevie would be more than fine with it uh, all right well so that's <laughs> that is our those are our top films of 2019 like i said we're going to wrap this up with kind of just a brief little oscar discussion we've got we've got this oscar ballot here the key ballot and and i'm looking at it in front of me i know we all we all jotted down our stuff and as i'm looking at the clock we're about an hour and a half out from the show starting but um, any any thoughts you guys had on uh, on the Oscars themselves? Any any surprises? Any uh, disappointments? Anything like that? I think we touched on you know obviously you guys have gotten to hear this, got a lot of snubs this journey and, and hear about some of the big snubs, farewell waves, some of these ones that we're not seeing anything on. Overall, I'm pretty happy with the nominations. Mm-hmm. I think especially the big one I care about is Best Picture, right? Um, I think they did a really good job picking the movies that are on there, other than Little Women. But uh, yeah. I'm just kidding; I didn't see that movie. Yeah, but okay, I'm Little, sure it's yeah, great. Okay, I've heard so it's very have good. You seen all of the best pictures? Have I've not seen. Uh, I think we kind of talked about this briefly, but I've not seen Jojo Rabbit or Little Women okay. and Irishman. I'm about three quarters of the way done. I, I watch it in pieces, uh, grit my teeth every once in a while, and press play, see what I can I get know through. How that is. Um, but. I think that's what I look at mainly with Oscars is what do they have as best picture? What are the nominees? Uh, and I'm interested. I They could go a lot of – it would it would have to be a crazy choice for me to be upset if they choose, you know, right. like what we talked about. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, 1917, Joker, Parasite, any of those movies get picked and I'm going to be pretty pumped. Mm-hmm. I agree. Stevie, any thoughts? Uh, honestly, pretty much the same in terms of what you're just saying with best picture. I, there's a lot of – times that you i'm worried you know last year green book one which is like that was i was infuriating mm-hmm. this year there i mean the worst movie i in my opinion in the category is jojo rabbit which doesn't really have a chance of winning after that it's like ford v ferrari and irishman which are still solid movies i don't right. think they're gonna win though but like all the others i mean even little women which i would probably put slightly above those two maybe maybe i'd put irishman over little women but I like any of these movies. I'd be happy with winning. Yeah. Um, obviously, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is my favorite. What I'm big snubs though with the Farewell in particular. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, a couple others. I th- I feel like there should have been some Midsummer awards in there. But or the know. well, and here's my my more for the Lighthouse. Waves, yeah, whatever. for the Lighthouse. Lighthouse did, and I I Uncut Gems. That's another huge snub. Yeah, yeah, Uncut Gems was big. Honestly, I mean, I said it before. Avengers Uh-oh. Endgame definitely. Uh, well, no, it got nominated. It got nominated. I really visual. hope. I hope it wins. I definitely. It's I picked, not I what, to, visual effects, I picked right? it to win, um, in that section just because I feel like the Academy is going to give it to him in the same way that they did with Black Panther. Of like, if they giving it giving the uh, visual effects to Avengers Endgame is the equivalent of them giving uh, the uh, actor to Leo for Revenant. After they nominated him like 18 times, or Roger Deakins would be better. You know, they give it to Roger Deakins for Blade Runner, but he was nominated like 16 times before. Almost every Marvel movie has been nominated for Best Visual Effects, and not a single one of them has won. I think so the streak's going to keep alive. I think it's going to be their. Oh, for, well, visual hey, hey, yeah. for visual effects? Yeah. visual effects. I think yeah. Star Wars. So we'll see. Hey, that's interesting. So here's what I'll do real quick we'll just do uh, the, big, the big ones and see what you guys' thoughts are. What do you think for Best Picture? Uh, this is and this is not what you want to win. This is who you think is going to win. I think 1917. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. My top. I want Once Upon a Time, but that or Parasite yep, as yep. well. Same. I, my money's on 1917 too. Lead actor. I think we're probably all in agreement for lead actor. 
Joaquin oh, Phoenix. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. Uh, lead actress, same. It's basically Renee's to lose. Uh, I, Stevie's seen Judy, neither Harry she does nor a good job. I have. The movie's kind of bland, but she gives a great performance. Hey, the Academy loves I, I was a little surprised Hollywood. lead actress. Like, I, I feel like all these roles and actresses, like, yeah. I don't know. Something I, feels Scarlett, bland this year with the, with the actresses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Johansson is, was worthy. I think she did a good job in Marriage Story. But, yeah, like, you could have Not even. I, didn't, I wouldn't have nominated I, I'm trying to remember I what have my, list. my uh, yeah. I, I, We will go over this off the podcast, but I made my own noms for all these categories. Mm-hmm, yeah, and I, I went into what mine were, and I know I, I edited the entire lead actress category. I think I only left Scarlett Johansson, all the other, and maybe Cynthia. But the rest of them, I, I switched. Though, Supporting, no question. Yeah, no Brad, question. Brad, Brad Pitt. Pitt. Supporting actress, also no question. Kathy Bates. Hmm. No. Lord, so, <laughs> it's Richard. Richard, what I are you doing? Personally, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know who I would have given it to. I'd have to check my list, but it's, it's probably going to Laura Dern. Yeah, because I think she's done. She's also. Hollywood royalty. She really is. Yeah, they just did that. Did you see that whole thing? They like did a tribute to her at the great. Whatever. Director, um, director, I really hope it's Boom Bong. Mm-hmm. But Boom. I think it's going to be Sam Mendes. Yeah, which again, I wouldn't be upset I would about it either. It to go Tarantino, but I think yeah, it's going to go Sam. That's Mendes. funny. I think Tarantino is going to get. Yeah, I he's bet he's going to get snubbed a little bit. I bet we're he's not going to see snubbed. a lot other than I, like I Brad Pitt for screenplay though. Oh yeah, for original yeah. screenplay. Okay. Um, animated feature. I we'll hit the big ones. Yeah, animated feature is weird though. I mean, like I lost my body. Toy Story Four. But like it's a weak list, and they missed a couple of them. I think. Well, this I think we've hit the big ones. Yeah, we're good. We have, we have. We're good. Yeah. I think the most interesting thing that we're gonna see tonight is um, for whoever tuned into the Golden Globes, we got that speech from Gervais. I think we're gonna get some really crazy speeches tonight. I really hope so. That's because we're be at kind of like a real fiery time, and the you know the country's so divided. There's all this political stuff going on. We're right before an election. Um, I think we're gonna get some people going off the deep end people going off the rails i hope so do you think hey here's this do you think we're gonna get anything from meryl streep oh brother she seems to always somehow sneak her her way way in there yeah at some point no i'm sure we will like a Um, shout out like shout out to meryl and then everyone's like meryl probably i'm talking about the pokemon meryl i'd rather see that one okay here we go this was the tweet i mentioned earlier we need to be prepared for the very real possibility that joaquin phoenix has gone too far inside the joker's head and during his best act or acceptance speech, he'll say something so twisted that it brings down society. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we have to look forward to. Great. Today. Yeah. I mean, overall, like I said, I think this is going to be a better Oscars than last year, for sure, at least. But I just, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I no wasn't excited about any again. of the best pictures last year, I feel yeah, like. It was and a, this year, it was I really bad. liked a lot of those movies. And yeah. Many of them are in my top ten. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Many so of them we'll are see. in my bottom five. Hmm, uh, Irishman, yeah, tough, tip of the hat. Interesting. So yeah, that is where we'll wrap things up. Uh, what I, I realized I didn't uh, didn't do this the last time we had done anything, but uh, I'll give you guys a little bit of the floor to uh, if you got any shout outs you want to provide your you know, Instagram, Twitter handle, whatever. Meryl you Streep. Let's get that Meryl. Yeah, you can follow Harry at, at Meryl Streep. I love you. Dot, dot <laughs> shout out to Mary. shout out to podcasts.com for hosting this uh, this podcast. I know Alex is. That's true. You're on the board there at podcast.net. Yeah, and yeah. No, I don't care. 
I, uh, I I'll say this too. You know, no matter what happens tonight at the Oscars, I think the real winners are going to be moviegoers. Right. Just oh like I God. say this every year at the, the Super Bowl. You know, it doesn't matter who wins or loses. The real winners, are the fans, fans of sports all around the globe. Yeah. So yeah, I hope you guys enjoy your uh, your Oscar night. Hopefully, you're doing something fun. And uh, I'll probably next week or something, or who knows? I don't know. I, I don't like making promises anymore, but I'll. Uh, <laughs> I may talk about what uh, the winners, you know, what happens with the winners. But the winners circle. But yeah, so uh, Harry, Stevie, thank you so much for uh, coming on and joining me. I know we went a little long, but uh, <laughs> oh my god, oh my god. Okay, so uh, I don't even look. We <laughs> we are. Wow, well, we're at like two hours here, and we've gone pretty good of not screwing this up. So right. maybe we're going to end it and wrap it up, wrap it up right now. I'd, so. I'm going to give a quick shout-out to my wife upstairs because oh, no. she's been keeping our dog busy so we could do this podcast. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks appreciate a lot. Thanks a lot. God bless you. That's great. Hello, right. I've got Oscar Fever. How about you? What's the there's a Tim Heidecker song for Oscar Fever? I if anyone's interested, I don't know when this is going on. Probably not in time, but go the, watch the Oscar, Oscar on cinema, cinema special. After, yeah, exactly. If you're not a fan of the Oscars for sure, otherwise, you know, it's it's on whatever channel it's on. So for comics and cinema, I'm your host Alex Klein. You can find me at at ro- at a robot's wink on Twitter. But- Whoa, 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 excuse me. How dare you play me off like I am some sort of Academy Award uh, winner trying to make a very important speech. I will not be played off the stage, and uh, in doing so, I actually have quite a bit to say. Hey, it's your host again, Alex. I am back home. I just just got back tonight. I am the only one awake in my house right now. It's pretty late. Uh, the cats are scurrying, scrounging around in the house, uh, looking for a little bit of love. Uh, my wife is fast asleep. She's got work early in the morning, so we're going to have to be really quiet uh, as we celebrate these amazing uh, these amazing news for the, the Oscars tonight. So uh, we finished up the recording and uh, had a little bit of food, a little bit of uh, fun, and uh, started watching these Oscars, simultaneously having the On Cinema Oscars special playing on my brother's laptop so we could have the full, uh, the full, I guess, picture of what was going on tonight. But uh, in, in all seriousness, uh, there are some pretty exciting things that happened tonight. So the first and I would say most important thing, and I'm sure this is on a lot of your minds, is I won the Oscar ballot challenge this year. Uh, I got 18 out of 24 uh, guesses correct, which is, I my brother doesn't believe me, but I think this might be the first time that I won. Uh, I usually don't do well on these, and particularly because of the shorts, uh, which I got mostly wrong again. Uh, no surprise there, but I will say this. Here's 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 where I'm at. Okay, so I'm going to tell you what I got wrong. You guys know, I'll, I'll actually, I'll buzz through all of this. So for those of you that maybe skipped the Oscars, didn't give a hoot about it, I'm going to fill you in on all the ones here who win. So we're going to start at the bottom here. Uh, visual effects. I thought it was going to be Avengers Endgame. I really did. Uh, and I'm going to say this too. There was a, I don't remember what site it was, but apparently there's this guy who's been running an algorithm that uh, tells you what the Oscars are going to pick each and every year, and he's been right like 90% of the time. So uh, when I was reading his thing, I was like, hey, you know what? Maybe that'll help me win this year, and it kind of did. But a lot of this, what's funny about it is um, 
it's is that not sad that the Oscars is that predictable that you can put numbers in or whatever it is this person's doing that spits out and gets me an 18 out of 24 on my Oscar ballot like that's pretty impressive the only things that he didn't do were all the shorts of course right because you know life can't be easy he said there's not enough data to support it so whatever but um uh, so for visual effects, that was the suggestion, but I also would have picked Avengers Endgame as well because I thought it was the most deserving, but no, 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 uh, that went to 1917 for reasons unknown to me. Uh, costume design was Little Women, congratulations. Uh, makeup and hair went to Bombshell. Original song went to Elton John for his song I'm Gonna Love Me Again from Rocket Man, the movie about Elton John. Uh, five, four, by, and about Elton John. And funny how the song is called I'm Gonna Love Me Again because um, it's a, a movie about him that he's singing about himself. That's just. Ay, ay, ay. It's funny too, as I'm driving home, I'm listening to Swan Song by Dua Lipa. That's actually an original song from Alita Battle Angel. I feel like that one should have won over that, but whatever. Original score, Joker by Hildur Guana Daughter, uh, which was great. That was actually a really cool one. I'm really happy about that. Production design, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Sound mixing went to uh, 1917. Sound editing went to Ford v. Ferrari. I got sound mixing wrong. I said that was also Ford. Uh, film editing, also Ford v. Ferrari. Foreign language film, Parasite, and that is just the beginning. That's the big dark horse here tonight. And and I would, I mean, I guess I just called it that, but uh, really exciting news for Parasite uh, all around. Best live action short film, I said Brotherhood. I haven't seen any of these, but the winner was The Neighbor's Window, I believe. Wouldn't have been able to guess. Uh, best documentary short, I said uh, Learning a, to Skateboard in a War Zone because it says if you're a girl, figured that probably would take it, and it did. Congrats. I didn't realize Tony Hawk was involved in that. Love, love me some Hawk. Uh, best documentary feature, American Factory. Cinematography, Roger Deakins. Come on, guys. Yeah, that was an easy one. Original screenplay, Parasite. Another huge win for, for Bong Joon-ho. Uh, adapted screenplay, Jojo Rabbit. Uh, animated short, Hair Love. I said uh, Desera Daughter just because I figured, you know, oh, it's a daughter. But um, I didn't realize that Hair Love was the short, and I don't remember what movie it was. But it was like a short that played before uh, a, a um, animated movie. And I don't remember what animated movie it was, but I remember a ton of people saying how great that short was. Had I known that, I would have I would have immediately put down Hair Love. But like I said, I was going just off the names, and I didn't, I didn't get it. Uh, animated feature, Toy Story 4, easy win. Uh, director, I said Sam Mendes, and uh, you know, with that as well, I also said 1917 for the best picture because uh, 1917 had been doing so well this year. But those went to Bong Joon-ho for Parasite and Parasite. Parasite for best picture and best foreign language film, though now they're calling it the best international film, which is great. That's great news, guys. Uh, and I'll talk about that in a second. Uh, supporting actress, Laura Dern, duh. Supporting actor, Brad Pitt, easy. Lead actress, Renee Zilberger, okay, great. And then lead actor, Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, so yeah, so th there's where we're at. I was not expecting Parasite to win. I know if you guys were listening to my Oscar predictions, I actually took it off of the Best Picture category uh, because it was already nominated in the International Film category. And I stand by that. I, I don't know. And, and this is the perfect example for it. Obviously, this movie is good enough to win both, right? It was in my top five, uh, so I'm certainly not complaining. 
But, uh, the, you know, this proves my point. So you've got Parasite winning in two separate categories for the best film, which just obviously hammers home how great the film is. But um, like I said, still still interesting. There's a lot of questionable stuff that happened tonight. You got that, uh, which again, not complaining. I'm just saying it's interesting. How is that going to play out in the future? Hopefully there are now more international films that feel comfortable with being put in the best picture category. Uh, but we'll see. That'll be really interesting. Uh, all the best to Bong Joon-ho and company. They seemed incredibly grateful, incredibly deserving. And again, if you haven't seen Parasite, you should really make some time to go see it or, or rent it. At this point, it's on streaming, um, so you can probably rent it for a couple bucks or buy it. It's worth, it's worth the purchase for sure. Um, but so that, that was big. That was really exciting. Uh, but in terms of just the overall aesthetic of this Oscars, it was hostless. And uh, some of the people who spoke were good, some of them weren't. Uh, but the big bugaboo that I had was this movie. It opened up with a, a skit, a, a sort of dance number and song number with Janelle Monet, who is a goddess among us. We, you know, we, there's nothing we can do uh, to, to properly appreciate her. But uh, she's singing and dancing, and behind her are people in costumes. Again, people in costumes who are wearing costumes that are from various movies from 2019. Let me uh, just go back here. Um, costume design. We've got The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is it's kind of funny. Um, thinking back, I'm trying to do math in my head. I'm trying to rack my brains. I could have swore in that opening act that the costumes were Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Midsummer, Dolomite, Dolomite is my name, and there was another one as well, which is funny, uh, Little Women wasn't there, and I don't see, I mean, I'm, maybe I'm missing something, I'm looking at this sheet here for best costume design, I don't see Dolomite there, and I certainly don't see Midsummer there either, so I'm wondering, why would the Academy have costumes for their opening dance number that they are clearly loving, right? Like, this is the opening dance. Why wouldn't you have nominated those for Best Costume Design? I just, that, it actually really agitated me. It was really, I, I enjoyed the rest of the Oscars, really. There wasn't anything else in the Oscars that was frustrating. Besides Renee Zellweger's speech, I did not enjoy that. Uh, just because it literally came on the heels of Joaquin Phoenix's speech. And his speech was incredible. Uh, I was actually hoping for him to do something crazier, but hey, I mean, he he brought up a lot of really great topics, and she just rambled for a really long time, and I, I, I mean, I felt bad for her because, I, I mean, at least just for me, I haven't seen Judy, my brother saw it, we talked about it a little earlier, but I just, like, what kind of speech are you supposed to have when you know you're going to win? Like, you can't, I don't know, but anyway... I'm just sitting there going, like, how dare you, Academy Awards? Like, why would you snub these movies but then think that it's okay to use their costumes for your skits? Like, that, to me, is the ultimate slap in the face. So that part was really weird. Uh, but the rest of it was fine. Obviously, better commercials than the Super Bowl. That was nice. Um, I'm really my, – my favorite wins here were uh, original score. I'm really happy that Hildur was the one who won. Uh, just because she seemed really excited about it, very deserving, and there is not enough female representation in these awards. So to have her win was great. 
Um, trying to think if there's anything else in here. Production design, sound mixing, nah, none of that stuff. Um, Taika Waititi, that was great. First Indigenous person to win a uh, Oscar, so that was pretty exciting. And again, but I mean, Parasite is going to be the talking piece come tomorrow morning or whenever you're listening to this. That's big. That's big. It won original screenplay, foreign language film, or in this case now it says it on this list as foreign language, but it's international film. So uh, original screenplay, uh, international film, best director, and best picture. That's huge. That's absolutely huge. So, again, congratulations to uh, Parasite for that. Uh, Roger Deakins, that's his second win and uh, 15th nomination. So that was a big one, too. Always happy to see him win. Um, you know, no question about that. And then, um, uh, yeah, I mean, lead actor, lead actress, supporting actor, supporting actress. I don't need an algorithm to tell me which ones are going to win. I guessed all of those just fine, and they all won. So there was absolutely no surprise in this except for the best picture, which is good. I think there should be some shakeups like this in the Academy. So maybe next year they will try and do things a little better, uh, have some better representation, have uh, just like we discussed in this podcast and in the prior one. Um, there are so many other movies that were more deserving and uh, actors and directors uh, from you know all walks of life who could have made this list and made this night a lot more exciting, but that's just kind of the way that it worked. And so overall, I would say that uh, this was a good Oscars, better than last year by far, hands down. Um, there was a couple of really funny speeches too. Like I said, I loved Joaquin Phoenix's speech, but um, Brad Pitt's was pretty good. Um, the announcers were pretty good as well. There were some really good ones. I liked the uh, Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph speech. That was really funny. And, uh, I mean, it was kind of – it was not very original. They've done that before in the past, but uh, but it was still good. And I love seeing them on stage, so it was like no complaints. But, uh, but, yeah, so overall, really enjoyed the Oscars. It was a great night. And now we get to fully and finally – Put 2019 behind us. I have shared with you guys all of my best pictures, my favorite films, my favorite TV shows, uh, everything from this last year and this last decade. So I am really excited to start this new decade with you guys to uh, share with you the films that I see, the films that I'm watching, and uh, we'll see how things play out. Again, I haven't been doing this much because I still haven't gone to the movies. Uh, I'm really trying to go see Birds of Prey. But things have just been really busy. I'm in the process of moving or, or getting ready to sell our house and then move. So um, there's a lot going on right now. But as, as quick as I can and as soon as I can, I'll have another episode up about something. But I really appreciate you guys listening to this. And hopefully you had the same feelings. Uh, if not, that's totally fine too. I'd love to hear your thoughts on uh, if you feel like your favorite film got snubbed. Or if you're really happy with the things, uh, the way they work, great. That's awesome. I'm glad you had a good night too. Or if you spent the entire time watching the Oscars on Cinema Special on Adult Swim, good on you because it was hilarious. It was really funny. So um, it was a great night for all of us here at Comics and Cinema. Thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and we'll see you at the movies.